1: Know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're a video. the evidence
0: in the car! But I was going to Tashi's station to pick up some power converters. Always oh, like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. To paraphrase Mark Anthony, and here we speak of the Roman general rather than the Van Halen bassist, of course. We have not come here to praise Tom Brady, but to bury him. Ah, who are we kidding? After 22 NFL seasons and more Super Bowls than we ever thought the New England Patriots had a right to win in the first place, we're definitely here to throw some more praise onto the already mammoth pile that's been accumulating over the last few days. That's right. This is not a drill. It's not speculation. And it's not one of those 10,000 premature, he's finally falling off, reports that we used to go through over the past, like, Oh, I don't know, 18 years. Tom Brady is officially calling it quits. And we're going to break it down in this episode 92, Brady Geddon, the finalist chapter. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is legendary in Sega Genesis circles for his prowess with Madden 96, as well as his inability to realize that Barry Foster was going to run him down every single time. He <laughs> has been my partner in idiocy for over two decades and a member of the Clean Plate Club. I give you the man they call
1: to. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. I've got another coffee here, so everyone better buckle up. I have yeah, no I'm idea. Just... I am not responsible for anything that happens in this episode,
1: okay? Oh, boy. I got to tell you, the caffeinated edition brought, brought the energy, my friend. Brought the oh, energy. Oh,
0: yeah, either yeah, that or I'm just going to pass out midway through. Like it's going to. I'm just going to be going <laughs> along, going along, as as I'm just from you know, <clears throat> this end. There's only two ways it's going to go, folks. That's the way it is.
1: Uh well thank you for reminding me gotta re-up my membership in the Clean Plate Club for this year. So uh, take care of that after this episode. Oh, I thought you I thought you had a lifetime membership with that. Uh, well, you know, it's touch and go. So <laughs> we were
0: talking about our respective weights before in the pre production meeting, and and neither one of us is happy right now. Both of us have been eating nope. uh, like horses and and realized very quickly that we are not Clydesdales, although we're <laughs> starting to resemble them. In wait, <laughs> uh, we have not hit the point where we need to go to like one of those truck scales yet, but we're heading there. We're Thankfully. heading there real quick Thankfully. unless we take a detour. Yeah, that's right. um, you, you're, you have a much better chance of that than I do. Uh, although actually I have my first, of, first appointment with my trainer in a, quite a while tomorrow. So I'm sure she's going to take pleasure in whipping me into shape and there you go, making okay. me do exercises that make me go, beg your pardon, what? Yes. You, you want me to do the what with a what and lift yep. what where? oh and i'm paying for this really oh what a racket sure, this is
1: sure i can't grab that cookie over there
0: <laughs> do you remember okay here's a sidetrack you and oh, i've gosh. seen this now there was another there's a gym around here that had the same thing you remember uh there was a there was a gym slash fitness club mm-hmm. in new hampshire where we grew up and they had a bar in the fitness club you remember that Beer. Oh, I think I do. Yes. Yeah, and they had one here, and they they've changed it over to now to a smoothie bar. But it used to be like you go yeah. in and work out, and then you can sit there and have a beer. I'm like, does anybody <laughs> see where the disconnect is in this? I mean, <laughs> at all? Yes. I mean, why not just have a to-go cup with a straw, get yourself a pina colada, and you're over there doing squats? Like, ah, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean. Why not? Why not? not like, it, get the beer helmet with the two
1: cans in the side. Just go all in. It's not like this is a golf course with a clubhouse, right? You know what I mean? Like it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm, you know what? I think that's a great idea. I'm, I'm we going need to here start to burn calories, right? So
0: Yeah. We need to start this thing. It's gonna be called drunk gym. That's no. what it's gonna be. You have to come in and it's like a it's like a three drink minimum. Oh, and boy. then <laughs> and then a bell rings and everybody has to do a shot. It'd be like CrossFit, oh. but like just sheer mayhem and injuries. Yes. I think
1: there's a, I think there's a market for this. Not to mention, you know, we could do a partnership with Uber to come pick people up
0: afterwards. Oh, that's a given. That's a given. That's just going to have to happen. Actually, it'd just be a bus that'll drive people back home with a bar on the bus. <laughs> a shuttle. <laughs> it's like a party bus. Kind of, you know what? I'm actually. The more we go into this, the more, Patrick, Patrick, I need you to do some research. All right. I want you to find out if we can get a we can get a party bus and a a space big enough for a gym and a liquor license (laughs) in the next month. (laughs) What? No, it's not for your birthday. It's a business idea. (laughs) Well, yeah, we can have your birthday there if you want. Yeah, we can have cake. I mean, we're going to have booze. Why not have cake?
1: A pistachio gonna do cake? Wonders. Gonna do wonders for the for the weight. All right, do pistachio cake if you want. I mean, whatever, dude. <laughs> Are
0: so, you gonna so go research that? Are we just gonna No, don't look up the
1: pistachio recipes, but go look at the gym stuff. Anyways, sorry. So I I, I take it he's not on the prowl with the guitar. There there's no threat of the El anymore.
0: No, I took the guitar away from him. He, okay, good. I've, I've turned into like a third grade school teacher. Like I've had to take things away. And if he's, <laughs> if he's good for the rest of the semester, <laughs> he can get it back. We're, we're in that stage of the internship process. Now oh, I've got a gosh. locked closet with things that I've had to take away from Patrick. I mean, the, the guitar, I had to take away the, I had to take away the sequin jumpsuit. Uh, there was a stapler that I had to take away. Don't ask, mm. don't ask, not to mention the staple polars. Oh, that having someone run around you know coming at you with a gang, gang, coming after we just and, and, uh, so we don't have a stapler or a staple polar here anymore. All right. Yeah, it's been oh, interesting.
1: I'm glad to hear uh things are a bit safer. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean <laughs> still he I'm, he's there he's there in the office so still something could happen. Oh, it's like uh. fire starter
0: dude. I mean, he, he can start a fire with like the power of his mind. We have matches or lighter around here and yet stuff still is smoldering every so often. I don't know how it happens. <laughs> so, don't know how it happens. Although Lord. the one thing that I've learned is there is someone posted that meme, uh it was either Twitter or Facebook or something they're like, "Hey, anything can be a smoke machine if you operate it wrongly enough." Oh, jeez. I really think that's, that's basically Patrick's method of operation for everything. All right. I yeah. See. I, I see. mean, I'll be surprised if his laptop makes it through this research project right now. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see if I have to duck off and, and use a fire extinguisher that I keep next to me at all times.
1: Well, just, just don't have him go know. to screen com or movieweb.com or any of those where they fire up about 12 ads when you load a page. Cause that, that, oh. that'll, that'll deep six the laptop in no time.
0: Oh, that's what that's what I have him do. That's what his laptop is for. So I don't oh get any geez. of that crap on my computer. That's what his he, he's he's operating at dial-up oh. speeds right now.
1: Anyways, before A peek we behind the curtain,
0: <laughs> yeah, it ain't pretty, but you know it seems to work. Right. Uh, before we get into our main topic, of course, we have we uh, once again have our little tidbit buffet, if you will, of mm-hmm. of geekery and other things, uh, which, which we call the week in geek. However before we get to that we once again we have another sponsor ah and who might that be this episode's Week in Geek is sponsored by whatever the hell this crap is in my driveway from the storm that took place on my birthday this demon combination of sleet, rain, snow and apparently quick setting concrete will probably (coughs) show up in the fossil record for a million years from now because it doesn't appear to be going anywhere and it also makes life that much more miserable which is saying something when you consider that most Americans already think Maine is a lesser known province of Canada so we really didn't need the help thanks mother nature what the hell did we ever do to you besides global warming and styrofoam and plastic well never mind here's the week in geek feels
1: so funky well thank you for that auspicious introduction
0: (laughs) just like to keep it light and fun here light and fun you know
1: well, speaking of light and fun, uh, but before we get into our our uh, tri- our, our traditional trivia uh, oh, to, God, to start yes. things off here, and anything raise to delay Uncle that, yes, pressure, please. Uh, oh. Let's let's take a step back and 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 take a moment uh, to acknowledge and celebrate uh, Uncle Todd's uh, birthday this past Friday. Oh yes, uh, thank you, and uh, so happy birthday, sir. And and I think you got a, uh, a special message. From uh, a member of the uh, BSG crew, if I uh, am not mistaken, I did.
0: Uh, so it was very nice. It's always nice, you know. The one positive thing about technology today, or one of the positive things, because I'm not going to try and act like I'm some sort of Quaker hanging out, you know, in the field, ranting about you know the evils of the typewriter or something. Um, actually, do they even care about typ? Anyways, uh, so you know, is it you you can get these, these messages on social media about hey, happy birthday, and people text you and all that. And so I woke up to a couple texts, which was nice, you know, happy birthday, this and that. Hi, my name is Miranda. And if you need a bed part, who the hell are you? You know, so then I see one from cameo. (laughs) And like I said, I'm starting to get all these weird text messages anyways. Like now, now text spam is a thing and I, Mm -hmm. everyone else was getting it way before I did because I never texted that much. But now that I've picked up steam in my texting, I think that, you know the 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 spam gods i've angered them so now i'm starting to get these every so often of the weird you know like half written written in russian sort of you know do you like me and this i'm like oh my gosh isn't it? hey buy this thing sunglasses like crap delete 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 so i see this one from cameo and i'm like and it's like tim got you a thing from cameo i'm like this could be the risky click of the day I better check with Tim (laughs) to see if he actually did send me something because it's very Uh thoughtful. And I'm like, you're a very thoughtful guy. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a good possibility that this Mm -hmm. is legit, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to be sure because I didn't want to all of a sudden have my bank account drained by like 11 AM on my birthday. And in fact it was, and I got a very pleasant uh, message from the chief, which was awesome. It was, I mean, it was great. It was absolutely great. Aaron Douglas, you know, one of my favorite parts of BSG, because as we talked about in our pre-production meeting, the guy who kind of started off as a as a somewhat minor character, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, sure he had the whole thing with Sharon and, and all that, but but then wound up becoming a much bigger part of the overall overarching story and all that. And a guy who who really seems to just be like, he seems fine with just being known as chief until yeah. like the end of his days. Like he's he's cool with that. Like, okay. If you want to call me chief, whatever, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be the chief. Uh, and it was a very pleasant message and, and uh, you know, very conversational and fun and, and all that. So it was uh, it was very pleasant. So a very, very, very hearty. Thank you, sir. Uh, it oh, definitely was a, a spirit lifter. As I was looking at all of the muck that was accumulating outside <laughs> of my house. Every time I started to get down about oh. the, about the weather, I would just go back and replay that message. I watched it like five times that day. I'm like, Oh, I got to nice. go out and do something with that. Hey, let's nice. see that message from the chief again. Oh, it was a, it was great. So there thank you, sir.
1: Oh, you're welcome. And, 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 and also need to throw in there too, a, a, a thank you to, to, to Mr. Aaron Douglas. And, uh, I, I appreciated when, when I filled out the description, as I said to uncle Todd, I, I mentioned if he could, you know, relay some fun memories, some, some, uh, uh, just stories from the show and bonus points, if he can include something about James Callis, cause we are, if nothing else, uh, big Baltar fans, uh, as, as you've probably guessed from our, our past reviews of episodes and, and seasons and so forth. No more Mr. Nice Guys! And uh, little did I know he would anchor onto that and, and throw us a trifecta of, of James Callis stories. Uh, oh I'll, it just started I'll...
0: off the entire thing with like oh, yeah. the the Baltar action figure I didn't even know they made BSG action figures and now I need these in my, in my life well
1: that's that's the Tyrell action figure but he was oh pretending it is to be Baltar
0: oh okay because I didn't get a good look at it because he was kind of waving it around and I'm looking yeah, at it on my yeah. phone so I couldn't yeah. really tell but yeah he did he was doing his his uh his James <laughs> Callis Baltar impression which was great <laughs>
1: It was, it was. Yeah. And then, and then admonishing
0: his own action figure. You don't sound anything like him. Stop. You know? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was, it was a tour de force performance really. Yeah.
1: Very, very down to earth, like you said. And, and it was, uh, I, I was really, really happy with it. I thought he, he did a fantastic job and was just very, you know, down to earth, you know, very, very, uh, cool with, with the stories. And so, yeah. So, you are welcome, sir. Enjoy that. And now, uh, you the know, one thing again- I
0: need to double check with you on, sir, though, is if I'm if I'm remembering right, he he did mention that we, he might do the podcast. I heard that little that little bit in there, and I couldn't tell if he meant do so, a podcast on his own or our podcast.
1: Well, what what I wrote in the description is that uh, you and I do a podcast for fun, and we talk about Battlestar. I didn't throw our name in there because I was getting uh, a little na, concerned. Na, na, na. I I had noticed things about, like um, I think Katie Sackoff is on cameo, and there was something about cannot do like you know intros for podcasts or things like that. Like like there was some, that was for yeah. her though, that not for him. But I didn't want to screw things up <laughs> so i just was like yeah i'm just gonna mention we do this that so we talk about battlestar we'll see what he says and and he just brought it up you know he just you know thought it was cool we do one and, and talk about it and i uh, you know, gotcha. to his action figure like hmm are they gonna talk about us i think they will sort of thing so and um, he's right and he's right because you know it's the chief we we appreciate it and uh it's it's always fun to uh have those kind of uh brushes with with those that uh you know have, have performed in, you know, whether it be athletes in games or actors and actresses in, in in entertainment and drama, it's always interesting to see them and hear from them as people. And, uh, and he, and like I said, he, he, he seems like someone you could sit down and have a couple of drinks with and just, you know, laugh at a bunch of stories because he's got a bunch of them. So, oh, so yeah. again, th- big thank you to him.
0: Yes, indeed. And to you, sir. Once again, once again, oh, thank you're you very welcome. much. You're welcome absolutely you know what the, the only surprise i had was that it wasn't you didn't get the admiral on there and it would just be like a like a 20 second message <laughs> of like you're getting older this is a one way trip <laughs> and that's it and i would have been perfectly happy with that too i would have been like you know what my life is complete i've peaked
1: that's it well there, there there's always next year and boy you just <laughs> gave me a great idea so because if nothing else i i i have very much enjoyed that speech at towards the end of the uh, series and uh to, to get edward james almost to do that in the in the perspective or or uh you know fr- from the perspective of a birthday celebration oh my gosh that'd be hysterical <laughs> that would be awesome very nice
0: not to pick up uh, my own gift or anything but you know just just sprinkling some ideas that's all
1: indeed indeed and so we, we, you know, we take a, a the, this week in geek is very galactic oriented. So we're, we're going to fly away from BSG and kind of bring ourselves around back over to the red five trivia. So <sighs> up on a high note and for Uncle Todd, probably bring him down to a low note a little bit. but
0: that's No, because it's just, it doesn't matter. It's, <laughs> it just doesn't matter. I'm, I'm behind and I'm never coming back because the guy with the book. Ain't going to get any answers wrong. So
1: what I tried to do is pick some questions that I I assumed uh, either of us would just, know. You know, just just drop
0: the facade and just let's okay. let's get get this thing over with, right. okay? So and I apologize four, to our listeners for yet another segment that nobody cares about. But this we're all going to help make Tim feel better about himself, okay? So let's all rally you. round and just... Help Tim's ego here, okay? All right, proceed, When well, Jimmy sir.
1: Dice comes on, I think we should involve him in this because I think he would also uh, probably go five for five on a lot of this stuff. So. Well,
0: we'll see. yeah, but that's legit. And, again, you go for five for five because, you know, you couldn't get one wrong. So,
1: well, you know how it is.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, I so do after, know four how it is- rounds,
1: after four rounds, the overall score you. is Manly Call Tim 15, Uncle Todd 10. We enter into round five.
0: That's, Are you ready? No, no. We're round four. If we do five each time, and right.
1: So no, I said we did four. We've done four rounds.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. I don't math, and I I don't care about the score anyways. So just <laughs> go right ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of blacked out there for a minute.
1: Oh well, let me see. So you're saying? Uh, oh, that's a good point. So fifty? Yeah, fifteen would be. Yeah, just, I'm not quite sure yeah. how we got to the score we got to. Maybe we did. Did I not? Do I don't score? either.
0: And I, 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 don't really care. I'm behind and I'm never coming back. So.
1: 15. Yeah, I'm confused too.
0: I am the I am the Brooklyn Brawler to your Hulk Hogan right now. All right. Now, well, so anyways, let,
1: let's just get going. I'll have to go back and, and find out how how we have more points than questions because I'm not doing any sort of weird math with this. It's one point for a right answer and zero for a wrong. So anyways. Well, um, it's,
0: that, it's that Chicago voter math that's really
1: kind of messing you up. Well, that's that, that might be. All right, so round five. Uh, here we go. Question number one. According to legend, who could use the dark side of the Force to create life? A, Darth Sidious. B, Darth Bane. C, Darth Plagueis. Or D, Darth Maul.
0: B, uh, dark Plague, uh, Darth Plagueis. Letter C.
1: All right. That is what I put as well and that is the correct answer
0: oh imagine well that well done
1: alright who question number two who along with Tarful escorted Yoda to an escape pod after the battle on Kashyyyk A. Chewbacca B. Salperin C. Maru Maru or D. Lachichuk I love these names
0: I, I hate you so much
1: Um, Chewbacca Chewbacca. Uh, that is what I answered as well and that is correct Hmm. that is in uh, Revenge of the Sith when Yoda is on Kashyyyk and the Imperials are overrunning question number three Mm -hmm. Now, this is one I picked that I had literally no idea and just guessed on because I honestly had no idea. So question number three, who carries a Relby K-23 blaster pistol? (laughs) What the crap is this? We're on equal footing here, my friend. A, rebel soldiers, B, Bespin security guards, C, snow troopers, or D, imperial officers. Who carries a Relby K-23 blaster pistol? I ought to punch you right in the mouth. And I'll tell you what I put for my 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 guest was uh, Bespin Security guys. Wh- where's Bespin? Like, wh- what is that? Oh, uh, Cloud City. Okay. Lando. And and how would we know this? Uh, well, if you'd like a little hint, I mean, if you think about when you see Rebel soldiers or Imperial officers, uh, what are they typically carrying? Are they carrying a rifle or a pistol?
0: most often a rifle.
1: So, so that's means of elimination.
0: It's either the Bespin dudes or what was the other option?
1: Uh snow troopers
0: I'm going to guess the Bespin's then, cuz they the only other one, the only one I really remember having a having a pistol is the the biker, the bike troopers,
1: right? Yes. Correct. Correct.
0: So, yeah, let's go with the the Bespin dudes. All Nando's right, so you're going to go with what I boat. guessed
1: and in- believe it or not we got it correct process of elimination worked
0: look at you look at you you're you're just you're giving me a like a a sympathy hit this time
1: i wouldn't call it sympathy i would call it more fairness. why start now uh question number four what did the rebel alliance use on hoth to allow its transports to get past the imperial blockade a, cloaking uh-huh. devices, B, a plasma cannon, C, an ion cannon, or D, a planetary turbo laser. C, ion cannon. Oh,
0: very nice. That is what I
1: and that is the correct answer, an ion cannon. Well done, sir. You are four for four. Wow, look at you. And you're
0: four for four as well, so I'm gaining no ground.
1: I know, but hey, look at this. You are, you are <laughs> I know, showing your knowledge.
0: It's not about you.
1: You're showing all. all right, last question: uh, Who used uh-huh. an EE three blaster rifle? A. Boba Fett. B. Uh, this character's name is Four L O M in all caps. Four Lom. C. Zuckus, which I don't know if that's uh, a real bounty hunter or someone took you know Zuckerberg's name and did that with it. Uh, or D. Bosk. Who used an EE three blaster rifle?
0: Boba That's the only one. I. Uh, it's the only name I recognize.
1: That is what I went with as well, and believe it or not, that is the correct answer. So, congratulations, sir! You went five for five on this week's Red Five. Yay! Yay!
0: Well done. Well done. Not so our really.
1: overall is. Uh, let's see. We're at twenty ten. We're now at twenty five fifteen. So you're still ten off the pace. But that's mm-hmm. not to say you can't make the comeback at another time. <laughs> all
0: right. right. Against the guy who's got the book with all the answers. Oh, yet just again, stop it. Would not be putting money on that one. No, sirree. No right. sir. I would not. Next
1: week I am gonna to try to find some really obscure stuff and it's it's gonna be guest city and we're gonna see who can guess and, and be the closest to being right. And again, you're gonna be the one who has the answers. I that best that best question was a process of elimination. I walked you through my logic. You came to the same conclusion. Had mm-hmm. nothing to do with or, the answer key,
0: Or it's turning the book upside down, reading the answers at the bottom of the page.
1: I did that One after I put my answer down. I did that Who after knows? I put my answer down. So, okay. All mm-hmm. right. Well, we uh, we'll move on from the red five, and now we got to talk. Oh boy. Mm. We got to talk about uh, chapter six of Book of Boba Fett because, oh, Nellie, this was a Star Wars fans dream come true. Not but, really. There's
0: a there's a lot of people who are still managing to uh, to rain on their own parades. But I'll yeah. hang on to that for a little bit. But yeah, well, this, uh, I, this one kind of blows out of the water like any of those like, hey, do you think this person will make it will show up? It's like, the answer to that question is, yep, everybody's showing up. Yes. Everybody is showing up. Hey, who Who is it? That that person who was an extra? I would have, I, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if they said, oh, yeah, and Wicket was in the background of when the little <laughs> spider things are roaming around.
1: Sure, why not?
0: Everybody was in this one. Between oh, the last two episodes, like,
1: everybody has shown up. And I think what what was most impressive for me is just to see – how much they use deep fake Luke to, Mm. you know, at least when they, when we saw him at the end of season two, it was kind of a uh, controlled kind of interaction where there didn't have to be a lot of focus on his face and talking and all that stuff. And so I just assume they did it that way because while they could do that, there might be limitations, you know, when it comes to speaking and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to map all that out. And, uh, and boy, they, they went full, I'm now understanding, I think, why that, that you know, that uh, speeder bike chase in Tatooine a few episodes back was, was as low budget as it was, because they probably dumped all the budget into this to get it all, like, looking pretty and, and nice, because, man, I, I'm looking at this like, it is like Mark Hamill back in, you know, 1983 is, is uh, you know, teaching Grogu and part, is just, you know, part of new content, and it, it was incredible. It was so well done. Um Yeah. And then and then, you know, if that wasn't enough, then they bring Ahsoka in, which I'm just like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't see that
0: one coming. Oh, no.
1: Oh, and, you know, the fan base, as many may complain about, oh, where's Boba Fett? This is supposed to be his series. It's I feel like the complaints are just a moving target at this point. It's like you wanted it to be, you know, something interesting and tied to Mando they're doing it they're tying it into Mando and we all knew this was kind of you know season 2.5 of Mando and and so now they're doing it and there's complaints about that and now it's like we want more Boba Fett and this isn't uh the best one I I, I've read is that all of this is these last two episodes are a reaction by the directors and and crew for all the complaining that's gone early on and I'm like do you think they're filming these in real time (laughs) (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it's like, they that do. Makes absolutely no sense at all that yeah, they're reacting because, to this. So yeah, it's just because people
0: don't understand how TV and movies actually work. You know, you don't yeah. you don't sit there and yeah. shoot everything. I mean, well, some directors do. Some directors mm. shoot everything, and then yeah. they have tons of stuff to go back through and edit and and choose from and all that. Stanley Kubrick uh, apparently was infamous for that he would he would shoot mm-hmm. like hundreds of takes of one scene to the point where he would like in the shining apparently like he was legit driving the actors crazy because he would keep shooting the same scene over and over and yeah. over and over yeah. again like legit making them go nuts then there's people like uh, like robert rodriguez which is mm-hmm. why i don't think that you're seeing what these people think they're seeing robert rodriguez famously in his first feature film el Mariachi basically shot no more than he absolutely had to and kind of carried that through in his other movies even when he started shooting digitally he because he couldn't afford the film like he was he was shooting only what was absolutely necessary and kind of editing in his head as he went along like okay I don't need any more of that let's move on yeah which is not something that I think has completely gone away with him I think he still does that even though he's not doing it He's ob- I don't think he's doing this series the way that he's done everything else, which is one of the reasons why I'm a little. It's tough for me to, to look at it as a Robert Rodriguez thing, mm-hmm. because it's obvious that he's not the primary camera operator, which has always been his thing. Like mm-hmm. him writing, shooting, editing, directing the whole deal. Um, yeah. But like this idea of like, oh, no, they're doing they're changing stuff around like, dude, this was this stuff was locked in a long time ago. They're not yeah. going back and trying to edit this week to week. Yeah. Like, are you are you nuts? Like, this is a large production. There are yeah. so many moving pieces in this. You can't just go back and go, oh yeah, just edit that file. Like, no, it's it's not like that. Yeah, <laughs> like that's not how these things work. There's millions of dollars involved in this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And people and the and the and the whole like, oh, the two bo- best episodes of Book of Boba Fett are the ones without Boba. It's like you know what? Just shut up. Oh yeah. my gosh. Did, did anybody really think, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I was completely in a cocoon or under a rock or something, but when they announced Book of Boba Fett at the end of Mando season two, did anybody else know this was coming? Right. Was was I just the only person who didn't know and everyone else was like, well, of course they're doing it. No, yeah. you didn't even know this was coming. This is like right. the nicest little surprise, like bonus you're going to get. And you're going to sit there and complain. Yep. Shut up enjoy it yep. oh my gosh oh yeah again like you cannot please some of these people you cannot please them nope. it's so frustrating because it's like just in can't can't you who hurt you who hurt <laughs> you show me on the droid where do they hurt you like what oh, what gosh. what what is so wrong in your life that you can't have like just more stuff that you loved as a kid and just kind of turn off that critical part of your brain and right. stop analyzing it like it's like i don't know what just enjoy nope yep. i've got to sit there and go on the internet and
1: shut
0: up yeah anyways that's my thought on it <laughs> Maybe Uncle yeah um, I've just had enough of this of this stuff. It's like I complain about things too, but at a certain point, like you have to enjoy some of this stuff for what it is. Yeah. And we didn't even know we were getting a boba fett series. So yeah, if, if it ends up being like 50% boba fett and 50% Mando, that's still a lot more Boba Fett than you ever thought you were gonna get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shut your yap and enjoy it. And you know right. what? If if Mando is a big part of Boba's story, okay, what's the problem with that? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like, it's not like you're being forced to watch like X-Men three over and over and over again, or I mean, come on, just enjoy
1: it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, and, you know, the, the other part of this too is, you know, just waiting until the, the, the entirety of this is over to just kind of look back across it all and, and, and kind of make a more informed critique of it rather than just doing it, you know, one episode at a time and, and, and so forth. I mean, th- you know, this, this one starts off kind of where we left off. Mando's going to see uh, Grogu and, uh, and, and he arrives. Um, now I, I don't know if where they're at is, is, I, I don't think it's Octo the the planet from the uh, you know, from, from rise of Skywalker and, and that trilogy, but um and and i'm not entirely sure i'm not entirely sure i kind of think
0: it is dude i mean because they showed i saw a video where they where they showed like the jedi temple burning when kylo ren Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know that like part from uh wasn't rise of skywalker it was uh the last jedi or whatever this, this middle episode eight they showed like back to back those two scenes it looks like they went to a lot of trouble to make that building exactly the same on an exact same hill and to like to show the exact same like framing of the shot and everything that you would see in that movie. Like it seems like they went to a lot of trouble to double that. So I kind of feel, even though they haven't ID'd it yet, like I think that's the planet, dude.
1: Except for the fact that in I think it was uh, Force Awakens, they, they they didn't know where he was. Right. So, I mean, if that's...
0: Well, but that's 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 after that... the Kylo Ren takes down the temple. That's after Luke has left.
1: Sure, but I'm saying Kylo could find him then, right? Kylo should know where he is. Well, no, because Kylo didn't know that... where he was.
0: Exactly, because he went to the planet with the fish ladies on it, which is completely a different planet than this one. So the Jedi oh. temple is the one that he built. That's where Kylo Ren was trained, where all the new Jedis were being trained. And then after Kylo Ren, like, you know... Firebug that whole thing. Then Luke's like, "Peace out." I'm going way off the side of the map, and he went to that other planet. So I think that whatever,
1: uh, okay, it's that so, planet
0: that Kylo Ren took out the the Jedi there. That's so, the planet that he's on. So now. you're
1: saying they're on Octo, but this wasn't where the Jedi temple was being built? Because I I I thought that's what they were building. Was we're seeing the beginnings of his temple being built.
0: Well, it is, but the, so the, the building, the, the planet that Ray goes to where they find Luke Skywalker is totally different than this planet. This is, cause that's where the original Jedi temple was.
1: Oh, the, okay. they were saying the same thing. Yeah.
0: Maybe, I guess. I just don't <laughs> know the name. I don't know the names of the planets, so I'm just saying. I don't saying, know the like, name of
1: this one either. So I, yeah, I. They I haven't id it yet. Right. Right. And, and I just found it hard to believe that was the one where she finds him at because then how can he hide? So yeah um, but yeah yeah but yeah we, we we start to see the beginning of of the temple being built with those crazy looking androids which is you know pre, which is pretty funny because they're not like the size of ants they're just like you know up to scale and and you know, just that scene where he walks into the clearing and they're just like all like just going back and forth like stacking rocks and doing mm-hmm. stuff was just pretty funny to see um and they build him like a bench and he just kind of like you know chills out there um so yeah, so uh, I, you know, I thought that whole inter- interchange between him and Ahsoka was great. You know, with that, that whole idea of you know you, you can go, you know, I I I really enjoyed how it was it was a total freedom thing. She's like, you can go and talk to him. You know, it's it, it's that whole parental reverse psychology. It's like, yeah, you can go have you know what you want, but you know, just realize what the impact might be. And that that was like enough to kind of steer him away from doing it and just kind of leaving his his gift with her and uh which would play a role later on you know at at the very end but um but no I just thought it was kind of cool to see uh all those characters together I mean I've seen on Twitter a few screenshots of just that scene of you know Mando and Ahsoka looking up at Luke and Grogu and just you know a lot of the comments are just like did did you ever think we would see these four characters together in the same frame Mm -hmm. Uh, which I would say no I would not have thought that
0: yeah. And then, of course, we got the return of uh, we got the return of Cobb Vanth mm-hmm. to Timi- uh, Timothy Ola Fantastic uh, uh, showing back up yep. and uh, and do, playing a great part, like just a very nice continuation of that character. And then, mm-hmm. of course, we get the big reveal because at first you're like, oh, well, the stranger out of the desert, of course, Cobb Vanth. Now we're going to bring him back in. Uh-uh. No. no, 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 no. We get the big reveal at the end and we get ourselves some cad bane who is Mm. like one of the most badass star wars characters like i would say even almost more badass than boba fett yeah when you get right down to it because i mean if you've if you've watched rebels or i think he was in actually in clone wars uh, Wars, for a hot minute yeah but if you've seen either of those like you kind of understand like this guy this dude's been around for a while and there's a long trail of bodies behind him yeah and uh so yeah, it's it, it's an interesting thing to pull him in too, because now it's like, oh my gosh, who who aren't they bringing in at this yeah. point? And it's great. Oh, it's fan freaking tastic.
1: It is. Um, it is. And and we we now know he's tied to the syndicate. He's kind of the muscle. Um, it, it will be interesting to see if we end up finding out if he's the one who in fact wiped out the the Tuscan Raider tribe and not the the biker gang, um, mm. because of the fact that. You know, he's if he's kind of out there roaming in the desert, and he's acting on behalf of the syndicate, they may have mm-hmm. used the biker gang as kind of a front to, um, you know, misdirect Boba Fett on on you know taking out his rage, and uh, and in fact he maybe he did them a favor by taking out that biker gang. To be perfectly honest, um, it could all
0: be part of the plan because it seems like the Pikes are much much more devious than kind of what was yes. shown early on.
1: Yes, absolutely,
0: so much more sophisticated.
1: Yes. So, so that'll be interesting. And of course we only have one chapter left. And so I'm, I'm still hanging on to, from our reel and Jabroni, uh, you know, we, we, we see Mando with Boba and, and, Sh- and Fennec Shand and, and the whole crew, uh, planning out what their next move is. Um, I'm still holding out hope that we're going to have a, a reuniting of the bounty hunters, uh, to go against, uh, Cad Bane and, and the, uh, the Pikes. Um, so getting Bosk, getting IG-88, getting Dengar, uh, you know, along with everyone, I, I'm, I, I'm wondering if they're going to build to that sort of, you know, high noon standoff sort of thing with all of these, you know, kind of gunslinging characters. And it just turns into a space Western, you know, kind of shootout sort of thing between them all um, mm. would, would be extremely cool with, with, with I think where it's going to go is Mando, either Mando against Cad Bane or Boba Fett against Cad Bane. Um, you know, to to you know, kind of have that one-on-one sort of uh, duel, but uh, but yeah, I I just an amazing episode. Uh, it was really cool to see the whole training of Grogu and you know, some, some, you know, some callbacks to past, you know, uh, characteristics of him with, you know, when he's seeing the frogs and trying to use the force to <laughs> bring mm-hmm. the frogs to his mouth and Luke showing him, you know, basically Luke kind of being Yoda to, to him in the same way, you know, Yoda was to Luke and, you know, taking things like that and showing him what could be with, with, you know, proper application of his skills and the force and, and mm-hmm. all of that was just really, really interesting. And so, uh, so, no, I I just, uh, you know, the last two episodes along with the whole series has just been, been top to bottom fantastic and uh, very excited to see what, it, you know, lies ahead for us in the final chapter.
0: Yeah. And the one thing I'm kind of surprised that more folks aren't teeing off on a little bit more is Luke kind of being a jerk in a way mm. like that whole like hey you got to choose one or the other like i get it and, and i think part of that comes down to like oh well of course it's a jedi thing like yeah but he's also kind of being a jerk about this <laughs> like mm. hey kid choose between your mom or your dad like that sort of thing like yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know how is grogu going to fit back into this because obviously you know that little that little dome there in the back of the naboo sta- uh, starfighter mm-hmm. is the perfect uh, is the perfect grogu seat And it's been in frame every time they show it. It's prominently featured. And it's just, how is he going to show up in the end of this? Because as we've seen, you know, he, he kind of will come out of nowhere and do some really crazy stuff. Like we saw it with that rhino kind of thing in the, in the Mm -hmm. first, uh, the first series, uh, first season, you know, what do you do in the second season? There was something else that he did that kind of really, no, um,
1: oh, oh, no, kind of use it
0: yes yeah so yeah just all the all the stuff that it, it's like it's kind of feeling like it's building to that like Grogu is going to do something that's going to be like oh wow yeah yeah and then also at this point because you've you've thrown the dark saber in i mean are they just going to uh, continue to be like hey and here's some more mm-hmm. like are we gonna get Bo bo katan showing up to kind yeah. of show you something about because i mean they spent a lot of time talking about bo katan crease Mm-hmm. And and how she was a cautionary tale, and the you know I mean we spent a good portion of one episode dealing with saber yeah. It, and I get it, like that'll be perfect if it leads into Mando season three. But I don't know, like are we are we heading towards another, you know, uh, another like just hey, let's bring everybody in, yeah. everybody, you know. I don't know, it's going to be interesting, and I I cannot wait until Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a lot a lot a lot a lot of fun.
1: Yes, it will, and. You know, and, and, and just to throw one more thing in there, ju- just the, the way they're weaving the characters in. I mean, we're used to seeing this sort of thing in like the animated shows. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is about live action, but it is it is just really fun as a fan to see the way they're just very seamlessly weaving all these characters together. It doesn't feel mm. out of place. It doesn't feel forced. It feels very organic to the nature of the story and the characters and what's going on. And so... Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see uh, this Wednesday what what lies ahead for us and uh, and and where where this all goes because yeah. it's it's leading to uh, Mando season three which we still don't have a date on yet so hopefully we we get an idea of when that'll be
0: yeah so now if I'm actually let me t- let me take a moment here and look this up so Manda Mandalorian come on now so the Mandalorian was I think that was eight episodes, wasn't it?
1: Each season, yeah, yeah,
0: Um, yeah. Because they they're showing they're showing twenty four, so that's obviously including season three. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so each of those was. Do you think that we are heading for like a double episode here for chapter seven? Like they just decided like we're not going to this last one is going to be a a double dose, like a ninety minute ordeal. I kind of wonder because could be. seven episodes, I don't know, it seems, a, it seems a little odd and it seems like there's a whole lot to tie up in like 40 to 45 minutes.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Like even if you kind of, and the thing is with streaming, you don't have to worry so much about, oh, does it fit into the standard time blocks? Like right. you can kind of do whatever. I feel like we're heading towards at least 60 minutes. If I I think we might be heading towards that hour and a half, yeah. like double episode time. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm hoping, but that's just Could mostly because I just want me some more. I want all of it.
1: I want I mean, all there, of it. There there's a lot to wrap up. You know, I mean there's mm-hmm. there, there's a fair amount to wrap up with this. Uh, it's not. I, I mean, you know, we talked about the the eventual you know Pikes versus Fett's family sort of face off, but there's a lot of other stuff getting woven in there as well. And you know, I don't think it's a mistake they spent as much time with Grogu as they did and Luke um mm. who knows we we may have luke and grogu jumping into the fray as well um you know i oh. it's, it's really hard to say you know it's, isn't it's- that going
0: to be awkward with boba fett <laughs> like, <laughs> hey hey <laughs> like everyone talking about there's a uh, reason why boba fett pieced out in the in the finale of season two of mando because it's just like how do you deal with that we've already got enough else going on we don't yeah. need that awkward experience like hey you remember that so let's not talk about that <laughs> yeah sort of thing yeah like I would I would actually appreciate like oh. huge battle scene everything comes down the dust settles and mm-hmm. you just see Luke kind of look over at Boba and Boba look at Luke like we good? We cool? We cool?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be hysterical.
0: That that would and that's just the sum total of it like that yeah we're cool. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. That would be great. Probably not going to happen but hey, I can dream.
1: One can dream. And yes. that's my friends is a very extended week in geek
0: Ah uh, yes, sir. Well, once again, thank you. Uh thank you for surfing the interwebs and finding. Well, there wasn't all that much to find because we really just talked about stuff that we were already going to talk about, anyways. Indeed. And uh, and thank you once again for the cameo. And uh, and thank you for bringing me down with the Star Wars trivia once again. That's just <laughs> I look forward to it every week. I bet you. So do. <laughs> now we are going to get the topic at hand. Finally, 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 after oh, years, and and we have we've been listening to how the the your reports of Tom Brady's demise uh, now for well over a decade. Like people yeah. have been talking about how his, his career was going to end his system quarterback. He's going to drop off. He's going to this, he's going to that for how many years at this point? Well, it's finally over because now the man himself is calling it quits. Mm-hmm. And arguably it's really like he is doing this on his terms because he could continue to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there's nothing about his, his stats that are, are that like God awful. I mean, he, I mean, where is he at here this past season? I mean, well, let me see here. Oh, uh, what are we doing? This is, uh, I don't want that. I want the season stats. Here we go. So this season, 485 completions, 67 and percent completion rate, 5,316 yards, which is, Jeez. I believe... That is his career high, 43 touchdowns, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's Mm -mm. above his career, kind of actually it's above his career average. I mean, yeah, this is not a guy who is tailing off. No, very, very easily could keep playing for another couple of years. and, Mm. And even if even when he does start to tail off his tail, unless he just drops off the shelf like kind of Peyton Manning did he could continue to do this for a couple more years and just make some of these stats even more unreasonable, unreachable than what they are, but he isn't. So kind of going out on his own terms, um, unfortunately, you know, for him, not with that Super Bowl, So he's not getting the full John Elway treatment, Mm -hmm. but we are finally seeing the end of Tom Brady's career, which quite honestly, I didn't, I didn't know that we would ever do this show. Yeah. Because it seemed to me like this was always going to be the thing like Tom Brady is just going to keep coming back and eventually it will be Keith Richards, Vince's head in a jar and Tom Brady. And that's going to be the end of time. And it's going to be a three way battle for, you know, who's going to who's going to have superiority. It'll be like the Highlander, except it'll be those three dudes. Well, I mean, those two dudes and a head in a jar i'll I'll leave it to you to break down whether or not that that jar gives Vince an advantage or not. I don't know <laughs> i'm I'm still kind of split on that. Um, oh, but man. Tom Brady is finally calling it quits, and so we are gonna kind of break this down. but i first of all, I feel the need to give the resume because some of this stuff is just so absolutely incredible that it defies really description, especially when you consider this is a guy who was drafted 199th in like the second to last round of the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't quite have like the, the Troy Brown distinction of being drafted in a round where they, they don't even have that in the, in the draft anymore. Like he he was, he was drafted in whatever round. And they were just like, you know what? Don't even bother having more than this many rounds because ain't nobody sticking around after that. Mm -hmm. Um, And couldn't even hold on to his starting job in college. Like, we're not talking about Heisman Trophy winner Tom Brady. We're talking about the dude who is constantly in a battle to keep the starting job at Michigan.
1: Yeah. And,
0: I mean, Michigan, I'm just going to say it, not exactly the cradle of college quarterbacks. Like, it's, what, Tom Brady and uh, Jim Harbaugh and, Mm -hmm. I don't know, someone else can maybe fill me in on the the, the other great Michigan quarterbacks. Drew Stanton, I think, back in the day. I'm like not a big Drew, college first football nut.
1: so I I will be of little help here.
0: Yeah, but for but what I'm trying to get at is like for that guy to turn into this guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: nobody had money on this. Like even Bill Belichick has gone back and said like if we knew because people would always oh well what a great pick you made and this night and even Bill Belichick in kind of a rare moment of uh kind of clarity or in in uh. Candor is like, hey, if we knew he was that good and waited that long to draft him, we should all be fired. True enough. We (laughs) waited like five rounds before we picked this guy. Anyone Mm -hmm. else could have had him. So let's run this down. As a quarterback, seven Super Bowl championships, which is the most of any NFL player in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ten Super Bowl appearances, which is the most, and oddly enough, second is Steven Goskowski. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Uh, He has five Super Bowl MVPs, which is the most second to, uh, which the second place is uh, Joe Montana with three. Mm -hmm. Some of these I don't think are going to be broken. Like, I don't think you're ever going to see anyone win, uh, an individual win five Super Bowl MVPs ever again. I, I just, I don't. Um, three NFL MVPs. He is, uh, he actually is trailing, uh, Peyton Manning who has the most, but he is tied with, and there are some luminaries in here and one schmuck. Um, he is tied with Jim Brown. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that Jim Brown, <laughs> Johnny Unitas, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, Um, and everyone else who has two is retired. So, no one's really coming close to this anytime soon overall in completions. He has 7,263. He is first overall. Now we're going to get into who's who could possibly catch him. Well, the closest active player to him is Matt Ryan, who is in seventh with 5,242. Holy moly. Ain't no way Matt Ryan is catching Tom Brady. Matt Ryan is probably like another year or two from retiring himself. Um, he is first in pass attempts with 11,317. Again, Matt Ryan is ninth with 8,003. He is first in passing yards with 84,520. Matt Ryan is eighth with 59,735.
1: I'm surprised He's, like Drew Brees isn't in any of this. It's all Matt Ryan.
0: Wow. Well, he well, he is. When well, I'm I'm just talking about active quarterbacks. Drew Brees is retired. Like uh, there's other guys who are closer he retire but, I mean, this
1: year though. Like same time as Brady roughly. No, or, he retired last year, dude. Oh, last year. Okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, but that, that's, a, that's the a closest technically active quarterback, Jeez. but then you have a long ways between Matt Ryan and like the next guy who is not going to retire within the next one to three years.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This next one is interesting. So he is first in passing touchdowns with 624. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the next active quarterback, closest with 449. Interesting. He's fifth. However, I think the best chance, this is actually one of the ones that I think might have the best chance of being broken. Passing yards maybe as well, just where people are throwing, uh, you know, it used to be like when, you know, when you threw for 4,000 yards, it was like, oh my gosh, that's inc- like stupid yeah. numbers. Now it's like, eh, 4,000 yards. is like three or four guys who do that every year now. It's like when you hit 5,000, that's the new, like, the new, like, oh my gosh. And even that is now becoming kind of a normal thing for, you know, the best of the best to get to. So the touchdowns though, with a ball in the air so many times, I think it's interesting. So Patrick Mahomes, just to give you an idea of of like one of the young quarterbacks who could stick around and possibly be like in contention to break some of these records. Patrick Mahomes would have to play 16 seasons and he'd have to average 38 touchdowns per year to tie Tom Brady. Interesting. 16 years, dude. And right now he's averaging 38 touchdowns per year in his career. So, I mean, if he stays on that pace,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he could tie in another 12 years. Wow. Now you tell me the other, the problem there is Mahomes like is a, is a quarterback who likes to run a bit. Like is there a chance that he plays 16 years? That's the thing. Like who Christ. can hang around long enough and be good enough that long to even come close to any of these.
1: Yeah. Long longevity um, is going to be key.
0: Yeah. So here's, here's what I throw in just for fun. Uh, he rushed for 1,124 yards in his career. The gazelle he did. <laughs> like like Julian Edelman said everyone likes to watch the Clydesdale run and and it really it, he did he looked like a Clydesdale running like those oh are some gosh. some hoofs on that dude he wasn't moving too quick so no. basically like what would be considered kind of a, a better than average running backs like yearly numbers that's Tom Brady in his career that's a whole lot of those like like one yard quarterback keepers however that one, that eleven hundred yards was good for twenty-seven touchdowns and two hundred and thirty-three first downs. Wow! So he made those eleven hundred yards count for sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. He, he is I'm just second- floored. He,
1: I'm, I'm floored. He got over a thousand yards rushing though. That's incredible.
0: I know. Which is funny that it took him
1: twenty-two years to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, guess I think it makes sense because was like- I because I was going to say his rushing, you know, has to average somewhere between one and three yards. You know, it's not like he's going for 12 or 15 constantly. Right. So. Well, yeah. And it
0: might be even be less because when you, when you factor in um, like, if you go for overall offensive numbers, mm. you take away all the, all the yardage he lost uh, in sacks mm. and, be, yeah. and tackles behind the line of scrimmage. So if you actually took away all of the sacks that it it takes away his entire rushing total. <sighs> Like, and then some, because I think he had something like 84,000 yards of, uh, or no, no, it was, a, so he had 84,000, know, like, and his overall offensive numbers were like 82,000. I was like, how'd that happen? He had 84. I'm like, oh, the sacks. So even when you add his rushing numbers onto his passing numbers, mm-hmm. he lost like 3,000 some odd yards <laughs> in sacks yes. over his career. Like, he is, he is one of the most sacked quarterbacks in history. I yeah. think Ben Ro- Roethlisberger has more, but that's because he's been around for 22 years. Yeah. So uh, he is second in game-winning drives with 53. Peyton Manning had 54, which is eh, kind of aggravating. Uh, second fourth-quarter comebacks with 42. Peyton Manning had 43. Again, kind of aggravating. He is eighth all times in games played with 318 games played, and basically he's behind only kickers like the uh, oh, wow. Morton Anderson and whatever. Like the Anderson, the Anderson boys are ahead of him. And George Blanda. And George Blanda, of course, was was quarterback slash kicker. Of course, later in his career, pretty much just mostly a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So it's only kickers who have been ahead. So he is the only guy who's managed to play this many games and not just have to go out there and kick the ball. Um, However, he is first in games started with 316. Interesting. So that, ladies and gentlemen, and the funny part is that uh, (laughs) Tom Brady was officially named the NFL qb goat greatest of all time by football ah. reference in 2022 i'm like it took that long for him to for them to be like yeah i guess he's better than manning I'm like really <laughs> really you kind of just delegitimized yourself there fellas
1: oh any which, which which was the big debate for, for much of the early part of his career because he was of course contemporaries with with peyton and Peyton oh, was, not
0: only contemporaries. I mean, he was direct competition, mm-hmm. like a division rival for the first few years. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then a direct conference rival.
1: Yeah. And, and there was just that constant comparison. And, and I, I just remember how frustrating those years were because Brady would do more with less and the press was so enamored with Manning and this narrative mm-hmm. of him being, you know, like, like I, I think at the end of the day, they wanted him to be what Brady became like Manning was supposed to be, you know, this 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 once in a lifetime or once in a generation sort of quarterback. Um, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Manning posted, you know, amazing stats. He had an incredible career. But, you know, given what Brady was working with, I would say in, in a lot of ways, Brady was, like I said, doing more with less and winning more, you know, and, and, and able to win. You know those big games and you know manning had his moments but uh you know brady and the patriots got in the way of a lot of that but the press wanted to have you know the narrative was manning was always going to be the better quarterback and uh and so it's it's yeah it's frustrating but yet interesting that it it took this long for it to get declared so
0: well and i think it just points out the fact that the first of all comparing uh quarterbacks directly you know, like, oh, this guy versus this guy, it's not, you know, it's, it's not really those two guys competing because Tom Brady isn't on the field ever at the same time as Peyton Manning was and vice versa. It's really the team around those quarterbacks and the organization around those quarterbacks and how they are setting them up for success. And ultimately, you know, people can talk about Bill Belichick, the Patriot, you know, the Patriot way, and I'm using my air quotes there and, and all, you know what? It worked, yeah. It worked, and it's it still working. You can argue because I mean, you you had a team that had the the best quarterback in the NFL, even when he left, was still in the con- in, in the conversation. Like his stats mm-hmm. did not show it. He had, he had obviously was not capable of doing the same with with the with less as he was when he started out, but still one of the best ones there. And they had one down year and then rebounded. Yep. And which has been what they've done over the years. Like that, this team has gone through like three or four major rebuilds without taking that, that major step back of just being down in the cellar and then clawing their way back up. They've, they've been competitive all the way through for two decades.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Obviously that works. Now Manning, they, 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 they had a great way of approaching it. They, they get built him an offensive line that it was really hard for anybody to get to Manning. Like they protected their asset and they gave him a, you know, they had Edron James. They always had a, a fairly decent court, uh running back behind him. Even after uh, Edron James retired, always gave him good targets. And then it ended up kind of skimping on the defense. The Patriots kind of went at it a, diff- a different way and, and either both those teams had success, but ultimately the Patriots, the one who managed to have more success. And it's really about those methods of building a team and maintaining a franchise and, you know it between between their prep and just the way that the cookie crumbles some luck whatever you want to call it one came out on top indeed and indeed. it wasn't the ones with the shoe horn, with the uh the horseshoe on the helmet sorry yep sorry not sorry no participation <laughs> <laughs> banner at, at, at Gillette um well i guess they did they kind of did with that undefeated season banner but still at least it wasn't like you know AFC championship game participant whatever whatever that tro whatever the, the banner that they hung up that was like oh that's 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 embarrassing like all the players must have been like can we just take that down seriously ah <laughs> oh, this is oh, tough yeah. enough oh yeah annual who oh. so we're going to go through uh, and kind of give our top 5 uh, TB12 moments and games here and uh I'll let you uh, start off. So starting with our, our five and heading up towards one, what have you got in the five spots, sir? Uh
1: well before I jump into five, I just had uh, two special mentions that that did not make it into the top five, but just wanted to 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 bring them up. Um had to in some way like like basically my top five are all Super Bowl matchups, but I had to at least mention the two thousand and seven season um mm. where where Tom Brady went full techmo bowl. With Randy Moss uh, against Miami uh, one week there, and 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 put up six TDs in one game, just just incredible mm-hmm. between the two of them. Uh, and then I was reminded uh, as I was going through and kind of researching different games, um, the 2007 final regular season game against the Giants, uh, where uh, oh. both both Brady and Moss uh, broke records for passing and receiving touchdowns, and cemented the Patriots as the first undefeated regular season team. Since the 72 Dolphins, Uh, just just a couple special mentions there from that season. Uh, Although we very much remember how that how that season ended up and we'll prefer not to discuss that. So (laughs) although you got to admit, I,
0: you know, (sighs) Eli Manning ought to be sending Tom Brady Christmas cards for the rest of eternity. Mm -hmm. Because and and the fact is, like one of those games and I can't remember which one, I think it was the 2007 Super Bowl where Brady had that I think he had the the safety early mm. like there was definitely some plays that he made in those but really both of those games man especially the 2007 one where Eli was totally in the grasp should have been called down like in any other game they blow the whistle to protect the quarterback they don't he slips out after being like in the grasp for a good 5 seconds you know And then you know, and then they also had. I think they had Ellis Hobbs on Plexico Burris, which I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's gonna work out real well.
1: (laughs) That was one of those.
0: That was one of those seasons when it was like Bill Belichick was just trying to prove that he could win with like Earthwin Morlin. Moreland. You remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Like they never carried more than like two cornerbacks. And then they'd have to go and pick guys up who had like shifts at Dunkin Donuts that they had to get off. So they could come play in Foxborough yep. like that. Those years when Troy Brown was coming in and covering slot receivers, like can, can, couldn't we just like carry a couple extra of these guys? Cause it seems like they're getting hurt every single year. Yeah. Um, it was kind of more of a defensive breakdown on on both of those game both of those games. I feel than yeah. necessarily Brady losing the game, but I do appreciate the fact that when he retired, the New York papers were like Tom Brady, who is responsible for two giant Super Bowls.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you know,
0: know, retires. I was like, you know what? Go on with your bad self. That's you got that. You got one more chance to do it. Go ahead. Just yep. go ahead. Yep. It's fine. You know, I've I've learned to live with it. Mm. But Absolutely. it is funny when you, when you consider that of the two Manning brothers, the black sheep Manning brother is the one who managed to have the most success against Tom Brady on the yeah. biggest stage. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? You know,
1: in the words of Roman Reigns, welcome to the Island of relevancy. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, kind of, kind of, yes. because Peyton so, Manning
0: was, Peyton, I mean, uh, Peyton, Eli Manning was, I mean, he was a good quarterback. He was a good quarterback, but without those two Super Bowls, he is essentially like a a Jay Feedler mm-hmm. plus. Yeah. Like he's one of those guys that would have, hey, great game, really bad game, great game, really bad game, mm-hmm. and just make some of these plays where you're like, what the hell? You, how did you get into the NFL doing something that stupid? Yeah, and then he would also have these amazing things that would happen. So it was it was ve- he's a very interesting case study, yeah, uh, and someone who is because of those two Super Bowls is going to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah absolutely and
0: for and really that's like on the strength of those two games which is yeah. hilarious and terribly sad oh where's my bourbon oh, <sighs> oh yes Anywho, Thanks so for bringing number, that up
1: yeah no no worries uh my my number 5 though was uh Super Bowl 38 uh where the Patriots mm. defeated the Panthers 32-29 uh i i just remember this being a back and forth game um as, as a lot of the early Patriots Super Bowls were they 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 were never uh you know, uh, undoubtedly in question that they were going to win. It was always kind of down to the wire. And uh, and Brady was an MVP for that game, uh, went 32 of 48, 354 yards, three TDs, uh, one in, hey, he had two rushes for 12 yards, so we, we, hey. know he could, you know, we know he could do it. But most notable for this one was uh, this was the first time where Belichick broke out uh, the old defensive tackle as a tight end maneuver with Mike Vrabel Lining up on a goal line, uh, you know, potential goal line touchdown, and Brady throwing to him. uh, Just, I think it was completely in the clear. I don't think he was being covered at all. Um, Yeah, and it was just, it was just one of those, you know, moments that kind of cemented not only you know Brady being as good as he is, but for Belichick being just this strategist who's like, he just wheeled out a defensive tackle and just. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just put and just totally embarrassed them which will later be used against him when we move up the list here because i, uh, I have a yeah. game uh where, where that gets whipped out and and uh used against them but nonetheless no, n- number five for me was was super bowl 38 it was a close game exciting game but in the end um as as i would would used to post on the facebook uh, brady victorious uh as as he uh you know brought them back from from uh the brink and uh and closed it out 32-29.
0: Yeah, and that was a that was another game where I what was the guy's receiver's name? Crap. But he was he he was also a receiver on the Rams the first year and he uh was it Pro?
1: Might have been. I I don't remember though.
0: But if you remember the first, when when they went to the Super Bowl against the Rams and they and the Rams were making their comeback, he was one of the guys who made he made like this Incredibly clutch play, like mm-hmm. catch and, and run to get a first down. And then he did it again with the Panthers. And I'm watching that game and I'm just like, no, not this freaking guy again. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh. I don't need this in my life. And that was always <laughs> a funny thing. Like, we talked about this before. Like, we never really got like that Super Bowl where you're like, you can kick back in the third quarter and just kind of enjoy the ride. Like, that last one oh, yeah. against the Rams was about as close as you get. Yeah. But every other Super Bowl was just like, right down to the end like i don't need this stress in my life like the patriots super Bowls probably took about five years off of my life in terms mm-hmm. of stress mm-hmm. i mean i'm okay with that but still you know yep. Ugh. yeah but yeah good pick there good pick there
1: and what uh, is your for me
0: i'm a, i'm i'm gonna go with super bowl 55 you went you went all patriots i'm actually gonna throw in the the ch- uh the final super bowl of brady's career this was the uh the buccaneers 31 over the chiefs 9 this is uh his seventh win and one of his most efficient games ever you know three three touchdowns not a ton of yardage but i think he was like 21 of 29 passing just a very efficient game and just kind of taking care of business like there was no frills about it and you know he he just took care of business and got the got the thing done yeah. and at the end of the day to me that is one of the things that I'll remember for Brady. Like it wasn't necessarily the flashiness. Like he would have moments when, yeah, he could, he could bomb the ball. I mean, we saw it with Moss. Like everyone talked about, Oh, he's a system quarterback just throws those screens and this and that. He's like, Oh yeah. Give me someone who I can just huck it up there and he can run under it like a gazelle. Yeah. And I can do that too. Yeah. And you know, it's, you know, he would just get the job done. That's like that's just how his entire career was. And I think that's part of the reason for success. It was just, it could be very businesslike and methodical. <laughs> just get the job done, however you have to do it. Um, and so to me, that was, it was a great game to watch. It was a little hard because, you know, as a, as a Patriots fan, you're kind of hoping that he, that would be in a Patriots uniform, but not to be. And it was good to see him get the seventh win and and really just kind of, I don't know if you could say cement him as a as the greatest of all time because he was mm-hmm. already two ahead of any other quarterback yeah. at that point. I mean, I don't know what else you want. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he he did it. So that was uh that was my fifth pick.
1: One thing I'll just say is it it, it is, you know, as much as, as frustrating as it was to watch that last year, because I I had made that comment to you. We were texting during the game and and, 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 and that was something I said is it just, it's so frustrating to me to watch this. And it's like, now that he's not in a Patriots uniform, now he has the cruise control game. You know, it's like, why True, couldn't we have yeah. had at least one of those when he was with us sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a minor thing to complain about because let's as as you aptly put it in the introduction here uh, for for this episode th- this was wh- or for for this segment this is way more you know you know we end up seeing more championships than the Patriots probably deserve to win under you know w- w- with him being on the team so uh, you know perspective of course with all of these sort of quote unquote complaints but uh, I do think it's poetic for him and his career that he had that moment you know that that he had a game where. The defense was—I I mean, honestly, this was not expected to be this. The the Chiefs were a high-powered offense; they were going to, mm-hmm. you know, put up points, and it was going to—it was, it was more of a question of could Tampa Bay keep up, and could Brady, you know, you know, manhandle on on offense at least, you know, the 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 uh, the Chiefs' defense, and 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 you know, keep pace with Patrick Mahomes while. Well, it went in a very different direction. Mahomes was the one who was trying to keep pace. And when that game got more and more out of reach, it, you know, he got more and more reckless. And so, um, I mean, it was amazing game and he, he played his heart out, but it was one of those things where, you know, I I just think Tampa Bay's defense was that much better. And Mm -hmm. it was just for his career. and, And if, you know, since this is going to be his last Super Bowl victory, it was fitting that it be something that of, of a cruise control game for him where, you know, he and the team worked hard put up the, the numbers, put up the score, but at the end, it was, it was, you know, the end of the game was never in doubt. So, um, which, which is just a nice difference, uh, you know, when just looking at, at how, it, how it usually went for the Patriots in a lot of these Super Bowl games where it was so close, so.
0: Yes. Yep. Agreed. So what do you got for uh, your number 4?
1: Number 4. Uh I kind of call this the uh, since since our last episode was uh, a bit of a rocky themed episode, this is kind of the Rocky 2 Creed versus Balboa uh matchup of uh Super Bowl. I believe it's 52 if I'm reading my Roman numerals correctly. Um, um Wait a minute. Is it LII? No. no.
0: Oh, yeah, 52. Uh, Yes, I'm sorry. I was I was looking at the one below that on your number 5. I'm like, "No, that isn't. Uh don't 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 pay any attention to me." Yes, Super Bowl 52.
1: 52. This is a loss for the Patriots. So this is not a victory for them, but uh, yeah, this but one's I'm rough putting too. this one down because I just remember, you know, as much as the Panthers game was a back and forth game, this was uh the personification if you will of two heavyweight uh, fighters just beating on each other constantly throughout the game. I mean, it was a tit for tat Patriots would mm. score Philadelphia would score. It was back and forth constantly. Um, chicanery was pulled out when uh, the, the Eagles pulled the Mike Vrabel bit on, on Belichick at the end of the first half and well, that uh, and, and the Philly special and the Philly special. Yep. Yep. So um, really this is to me,
0: this is, this isn't a, uh, this is Rocky too because it was the equivalent of Philly coming out in you know and and boxing yes. right-handed. Yep, that oh, was absolutely. the gimmick. That
1: that's yeah, that's what I said. It it it's rocky too. It it, oh, it okay. is Philadelphia's Philadelphia's team winning coming out but but it was a brutal back and forth and mm-hmm. and they they outlasted the uh you know kind of the defending champions if you will.
0: Yeah. And and like you said, one of Brady, arguably Brady's best statistical game ever. I mean, that is an incredible stat line. Incredible. Yeah.
1: yeah so twenty eight of uh, so twenty eight. Sorry, I I got to read again here. Twenty eight completions, forty eight uh, total attempts, five hundred and five yards, three touchdowns, one rush for six yards, and and overall, yeah, this is this is believed to be Brady's best statistical game in a Super Bowl overall. So. Um, even though they ended up as a loss, Nick Foles was the MVP, not Brady, uh, Brady had a stellar night. Um, and it just was not in the cards for the Patriots to, to win that night. And, and, you know, honestly, uh, it it was one of those cases the next day at work when I was being given a hard time by a number of colleagues and and a couple who are, you know, from the Philadelphia area, you know, you just have to tip your hat. You know, it's like one of those things, Mm -hmm. it, it stinks. Your team doesn't win. I said, you know, we, we've won several before, which makes us a little bit easier to take, but at the same time, you guys played a, he- a heck of a game, you know, and it's like... Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You, you can't be upset by that. You know, it's it's one thing when you play, you know, like we talked about with the Giants in 2008, and you, there's just this expectation that the Patriots are going to roll over them, and and expectations are, are greatly, you know, upended by the way that game went, whereas in this one, we knew this was going to be a back and forth. I mean, Nick Foles was on a, on a tear, on a run. And we've seen this before with Brady, you know, except it being Brady, who's on a tear. And so we knew this was going to be a tight one and it just turned out to be a, it was, it was a phenomenal game to watch. I I just remember it. was like, that was a, that was an amazing football game to watch. Yeah, it
0: was, it was, yeah, it's tough to be upset about that. Like you just got outplayed, you got beat, you got beat. And it wasn't like you got, It's, it's easy to get upset about, you know, the Giants games, partially because like that, especially that first one, like I pointed out, the, you know, some of the weird stuff that just seemed to happen. And then, of course, just being aggravated because you're like, oh, for God's sake, how do we how do we get this long into the season? And Ellis Hobbs is is our top, you know, shut down mm-hmm. big old air quotes over that one shut down corner to go against, you know, this guy who's a good foot and a half taller than him for crying out loud. Oh my gosh! Unless you can go out there and stand on a milk crate, Ellis Hobbs is not going to be batting anything down from Plexigo Burris. Anyways, yeah, um, yeah. In this one, you just it it just went back and forth. Like you had every opportunity to win, and it just didn't work that way. Yep, can't, can't get upset with that. Yeah, you're right. And ironically, your number four is. Yes, I actually changed this one up because I I love <laughs> symmetry. Uh, so I'm going to go with Super Bowl 39, which is the happier ending to the uh, Patriots-Philly uh, saga, which is Patriots 24, Eagles 21. This is the Donovan McNabb puke game, uh, ladies and yes. gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. This is where Andy Reid just kind of was in full flower of, like, <laughs> the guy who was, who was like Marty Schottenheimer Plus. Like, he's going to get you right to the door and then – just the whole thing is just gonna fall apart with a whimper and a fart. It was just amazing. <laughs> like, here's a, here's a this is the so what? This is the game. This is the the third Super Bowl that the Patriots had played in uh in the in the Brady Belichick era. It was the second of uh the back-to-back 14 and two seasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, the first two Patriots super, the first two Super Bowls they played in had both gone down to the wire come down to like a a game winning drive and a kick so you're figuring i mean you would think as an opposing coach like probably going to be a close game we better make sure that we've got our you know our hurry up offense down we got our two minute drill that we're our kicker is in we know where everything is going to happen because these guys play close games not to mention like that this was their mo like they would just outplay you they they'd play you'd play 59 minutes they played 60 minutes that was their thing yeah yeah Andy Reid, in his infinite wisdom, did not practice the two-minute drill leading into this game. So that's why they're they're like kind of schlepping along at the end of the game, and there's no hurry up, like there's no urgency whatsoever in this game. And it's talked about yeah. like, oh, Donovan McNabb was tired, or he was feeling sick, or whatever. It's like, but then for for the head coach to come out afterwards and say, well, I didn't practice the, we didn't really work on the two-minute drill. Oh, Andy Reid should never have gotten another coaching job after that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not trying to like the man has had a great career and he's going to be one of the he's going to go down with, you know, one of the highest win totals ever. But my God, for that right there, I can't imagine how anyone would even think of interviewing him after that. That is one of those like gaffes that you're just like, how did you uh, beg your pardon? You didn't what? Yeah. Absolutely cr- crazy. Dion Branch is the MVP uh, mm. by, by Brady slinging the ball to him for 133 freaking yards, mm-hmm. which is funny because he didn't actually get a touchdown. He had 11 receptions, which is uh, the most uh, any receiver's gotten, I think, in the Super Bowl. 133 yards, no touchdowns. On the other side, though, Terrell Owens, I didn't realize this, had 122 yards on nine receptions. So, it was it was kind of funny. I mean, Brady of a somewhat pedestrian game. 22 of 33 for 236 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions though, nice. which again, you that's that's the name of the game. And uh yeah, so went pretty well for him. He uh, he did pretty well, got the game in hand, drove the team down to get to put them in a position to win and yeah. McNabb nice. puked? Nice.
1: <laughs> McNabb <laughs> puked and and Reed that was well, a, <laughs> he puked well, in a different it, way. <laughs> And
0: Andy Reid was Andy Reid, and that's just the Indeed. way it went. Indeed. All right. So, what do you got for uh, your third place, sir?
1: All right. So, my third place, and this is where I'm going to need some help deciphering the the. Oh, uh, geez. Oh, this one. Forty. Oh, Fredo. Coach
0: Fredo comes back back home to 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 roost for the New England Patriot fans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I put God.
1: XLIX. That that doesn't seem right. Wait a minute. No, that was XLIX. I don't know. Okay, so that's forty nine. All right. So uh yeah, so Fredo, yeah. very very nicely put. Oh. Uh Patriots versus Seattle Seahawks. Patriots win twenty-eight-24. Brady is the MVP, uh, thirty-seven completions, fifty attempts, three hundred and twenty-eight yards, four TDs. I think this was the most TDs he had in a Super Bowl, unless I believe he so, did yeah. that in Tampa Bay, but uh but he did have two ints. Uh, and, and a phenomenal rushing performance. Two rushes for negative three yards, ladies and gentlemen. So Yeah, baby. He turned, he
0: turned on the Jets, man. He almost was negative five, but he managed, to, he managed to juke a guy. So he only got negative three.
1: There we go. There we go. But I, I selected this one. Um, th- this was another back and forth game. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the, the big story coming out of this was the interception at the very end. The inexplicable Pete Carroll going for a pass as opposed to handing it to the tank that was Marshawn Lynch at the time and letting him just oh plow my through. Gosh. Uh, everyone, like this was this was for all intents and purposes a Seattle victory, uh, given the time they had left and the fact they had Lynch who was just unstoppable. Um, mm-hmm. But it was what it was, and they decided to throw, and the Patriots got the interception and the victory. Uh, but but brady clearly put putting up you know some very uh very impressive stats in this game and and undoubtedly the mvp for for that uh you know just given the fact that all 28 points came from uh from passing uh touchdowns and uh so yeah so overall for me this was just a yeah a lot of these are not just about his performance but the memories that come with the game and um mm-hmm. and this one was just a, a huge one uh to, to just the way they want it um, and, and the way that it just felt like it was going to be another, you know, close loss, uh, you know, similar to what had happened prior with the Giants. Um, and it was just such a surprise to see uh, that interception happen and, and just for the game to go the way that it did. So. Uh, so, yeah, for, for for me, this this was a special game and and just a special victory for for one Mr. Tom Brady.
0: Yes. Yes, indeed. Although I, the reason this one didn't make the cut for me is just because really the MVP of that game should have been Pete Carroll for the New <laughs> England Patriots. The, the game was won; like Marshawn Lynch was money in the bank. Like yep. that game was over. I was sitting there watching that game. I clearly remember it going, "We're done here. We're done." Like, it, not not that I am like, oh, they couldn't pull out a defensive stop or anything, but if I remember right, they had enough time for two plays. Oh, yeah, I think they had a. I think they had a timeout and everything. Like they could have they could have run it into the line two times. I'm like that close with a game on the line, Marshawn Lynch at that point in his career. And with the Patriots defense, they just they were not that stout against the the rush that year, no. if I'm remembering right. No. It was like it's done. Like yep. I could I could coach the end of this game and we're getting a win. Yeah. And then then they threw it. And I was I'm dumbfounded. Even as a Patriots fan, I'm like, did he just do that? Yeah. Like, did I, was that bad guacamole? Did I hallucinate that? <laughs> nope. It actually happened. Like, oh my gosh. It, so to me, that's like, yeah, it was a, it was a good game for Brady. All of those things. Yes. But oh my gosh, the, the main reason they won the game is because Pete Carroll was
1: Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. And In, inexplicable. And, and I'm looking up real quick before we jump over to yours. Uh, I just want to pull up real quick. Um, in that game, Marshawn Lynch twenty-four uh, rushing attempts for one hundred and two yards, one touchdown, um, received uh, w- uh, sorry one reception for thirty-one yards. I mean, he he had a a impressive game, and you know that probably would have been two touchdowns if they had just handed him the ball.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. I I'm pretty sure they they had at least time for two plays, if not yeah. three, down by the down down by the goal line there. Unbelievable. Nice. Malcolm Butler made himself a whole lot of money off of that because I think oh, yes that's, he did. yeah, yes he did.
1: And what's your number uh, three?
0: So uh, I'm going to go with the AFC divisional game against uh, with the Patriots and the Oakland Raiders from 2001 mm-hmm. 2002. Now, depending on where you are located geographically, there are two names for this game. If you are in the New England region and you are a or if or if you're a Patriots fan anywhere in the in the world, it is the snowball. If Mm -hmm. you are an Oakland Raiders fan or a fan of any of the other NFL franchises and anywhere outside New England, it is the Tuck Rule game. Mm -hmm. And this one here to me was, I mean, you kind of got the feeling there was something special about this team all season long just because of the way things were going. And it kind of, this season really built. Like I, I watched every single regular season game except for one and that was the game against Cleveland. And I happened to be, uh, I was traveling that day and I was driving and listening to the game on the radio and almost draw, drove off the road when Troy Brown ran uh, one of his punts back right up the middle for a touchdown. Like I, I was losing my mind. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah. If you watched all those games and you kind of got into the rhythm of that season with this team, you realize there's something going on here that ain't nobody really can explain. Here is where it really became apparent. Because and and this is the thing where all the naysayers like, oh, yeah, it's like you don't understand. You have to really put it in context of what it was like to be a Patriots fan prior to this season or up until this game. Really, if something bad or something stupid, especially something stupid was going to happen, it was going to happen to the Patriots and they were going to shoot themselves in in their own foot and it was going to go wrong for them and against them and and against their favor. That's just the way it was going to go. Mm -hmm. Just the way it was going to go. The good things did not happen to this team going back to, Oh, I don't know. Let's go back to like the 1984 NFL draft. And the, 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 the Patriots passed on Jim Kelly, John Elway, uh, Dan Marino. And I wound up with Tony Eason. Interesting. And you know, how many seasons of flopping around after that yep. and well-deserved for an idiotic move like that. Yep. Well-deserved, totally deserved it. So when you hit this game and you, and you wind up with that tuck rule, mm-hmm. which is, was interpreted correctly mm-hmm. that, and they, they changed the rule afterwards and say, oh yeah, they had to change the rule. Yeah. But that's the rule on the books. That's the way it went. Sorry. Same as like how they talked about oh they they refine pass interference after the Patriots were taking advantage well they were taking advantage of how the refs were calling it that's the way it works you wanted you wanted to not do it change the rules but you, you're not going to get on them for playing within the rules or the way that the rules are being called right the the play was interpreted correctly according to you know anyone with who has a relative <laughs> grasp of objectivity and it benefited the Patriots whereas. Previously, the 40 years before that, it never would have happened in that way. Mm-hmm. And you can go back to like the the Patriots game playoff game back against the Raiders, I think in the fricking seventies, I think it was 1976 when you had a roughing the passer call that everybody pretty much agrees was complete BS, mm. like totally did not happen that changed the game for the Raiders. Well, came back here. Now the thing that people forget and that all the Raiders fans love to talk about, they act like the tuck, the the tuck play where Brady kept the game. Like that was the winning play. It wasn't Patriots still had to continue a drive. I think they got two more first downs in order for Vinatieri to kick the tying field goal. Yeah. And then they had an opportunity to stop them in overtime if before they kick the winning field goal, mm-hmm. but we leave all that out. Yes. So the thing about that game that for me was amazing is just watching what is essentially a rookie. He was a second year player at that time, but this is his first year starting Brady played like a season pro. There was none of the, the, the jitters, none of that he stood in there. He mm-hmm. he delivered a ball in like wind, snow, everything else. And at that point you knew like this could be it. Yeah. You like know. this might be the year, like we finally got that guy who isn't going to like, who, we, who isn't going to shoot us in our own foot. It was amazing. It was amazing yeah. to watch. Yeah.
1: No, agreed. Agreed. I, I remember exactly where I was when that game was on and watching it. And, you know, just when that tuck rule played out the way it did, I, you know, if you want to be the superstitious Boston fan, I mean, t- to me that, that was the point when the bad luck of the Patriots was finally getting flipped around you know, and, mm. uh, and like you said, there was a lot of game left to play. I mean, there were field goals that could have been missed. They, they weren't. And you're just watching this, like, Oh my gosh, they're actually going to do this. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it, it was a, it, it was a very interesting game to watch. It was, you, you know, like you were saying, it kind of had that tone of many, you know, prior Patriots playoff games. Uh, but yet, you know, mired in all the controversy was, you know, just that that's, you know, the, the beginnings of what would become the norm for them, which is that, that rock solid, consistent play from Brady, irregardless of the conditions around him. And, um, mm. and that was, that was really, really interesting and fun to watch and different to watch because quite honestly, we were just used to just seeing, you know, the fumbles and the interceptions mm-hmm. or the, or the bad play calling that would inevitably cause them to, to lose and, and be knocked out. And, it, and thankfully, you know, the this game played out the way that it did. And, uh, and you know, with Vinatieri, I mean, he's he's as much of oh yeah. know, a, the
0: absolute folk as, hero after that game,
1: as much of a reason for the success of the Patriots in a lot of ways as Brady was in the early going, because yes. it always came yep. down to his foot and his foot was laser accurate. I mean, all through the 2000s, it was extraordinarily rare for him to miss something. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't know that up to that point, you know, this was the beginning of that becoming the norm for us, which was never, you know, normally the case. So yeah, this is a good pick because this, this is, this is the game started a lot of the momentum that led to, you know, us seeing Brady and the Patriots really kind of go from being the little team that couldn't to the team that became the model for a lot of the rest of the, the, you know, the league.
0: Yes. Yep. So, what do you got for your? Where are we at here? Uh, number, two. number two.
1: So I don't know how you want to uh, do yes. this because you and I kind of went. Uh, we we're, we're inverted from each other. Same two games, but I went uh, number two for your number one, and you went number one for my number two. So yeah, uh, we'll
0: just my, we'll just talk about both of them here because they're yeah. they're both. Excellent choices, if so, I do say so myself.
1: My number two, which is your top game, is Super Bowl mm. thirty six, the one that started it all. Uh, mm-hmm. Patriots twenty, St. Louis seventeen. First Super Bowl oh. championship for the Patriots. Brady. The MVP. I still get
0: a tingle hearing that score. I, I still know. do. <laughs> I know. Like I just, I keep expecting someone to be like, "Oh, by the way, we made a scoring error. That wasn't the fun. Th-. It was. It's really the opposite."
1: <laughs> and. You know, again, I remember where I was when this happened. Uh, I was in, you know, my, my first apartment living out here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, and watching this game, I, I probably scared the bejesus out of my neighbors down below. Um, mm-hmm. Because when that field goal kick went up and went through, um, I it, it was just surreal. It's like, did that really happen? Did, did, yeah. did they just literally win the game? Because this is never anything we've ever experienced before as Patriots fans. Um, Brady's performance was, was somewhat pedestrian. It was, uh, 16, uh, completions for, our uh, 27 attempts, 145 yards, one touchdown. Uh, of course we have a rush for three yards, thankfully. Not mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know, not, not, not a powerhouse performance, but, but a, a consistent and, you know, uh, I don't, you know, there were no interceptions. So, so no, no mistakes. Um, but you know, just a very, very, uh, close game, well-played game and, one in which the Patriots really, you know, kind of shown and, uh, and came through and, and won their first Super Bowl. And not too long after that kick was uh, through the, the uprights, uh, the man they call Tim uh, got to the, uh, got on the horn as, as gorilla monsoon would say, and uh, called up uncle Todd. And uh, I, I seem to recall there was a lot of yelling and screaming going on on your end as well. I think you had a little yes. gathering of some kind going on there. And, we did. Uh, yes. But, 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 you know, started what would be the trend that would lead to this, uh, podcast becoming what, what it was, uh, calling you up and being like, did you just say that? And that's going on for, you know, several minutes about, Oh my gosh. Um, so, th- so, so for me, you know, this is number two because it was the first, it, it has a, a lot of, of course, you know, really great memories, um, of, of, you know, finally our team, you know, overcoming and, and, and defeating, you know the team that was called the greatest show on turf i mean they were supposed to wipe the floor with the patriots mm-hmm. and uh, and that did not happen so uh so yeah so my my number 2 is uh super bowl 36 what about you sir with this game
0: well and i concur with everything you said uh the silence of the rams game and you know gr- deservedly so the rams were the greatest show on turf they were they were something that you just did not see come along that often some a team that was that good that was that terrifying. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was amazing to, to watch that team play. They, they just could score at will, you know, and you can talk about, you know, Mahomes and the chiefs now and, and, and any number of offenses before that. And even before the the Rams that year, but to me, that was one of those teams that was just so clear in my head, like right. them and probably the early nineties bills. Where those mm-hmm. teams that you just watched and you're like, my God, they can score from anywhere on the field, move the ball any which way they want to, and you can't stop them because they're just moving so damn fast. Mm-hmm. And that's what made them terrifying because you're just like, we even if we have the talent to go up against some of these guys, they're just going to wear you out. Right. They'll wear you out. And if you if you think that you might be able to hang with them, they're going to be better than you. Like it's very it was it was going to be a not an option that you would be able to have both. You're going to be as good as them and be able to keep up with them. Um, and so that was a terrifying game to go into. But having watched earlier in the regular season, towards the end of the regular season, when the Patriots played against the Rams in Foxborough, you kind of saw glimpses of them being able to hang with them. They lost. Mm-hmm. But you kind of got a glimpse of like, well, I don't, you know, we didn't lose by that much, yeah, you know, yeah. and so that and you know that idea of Belichick. Usually, if he gets a second crack at you in a, in a season, it doesn't end well for you. Um, but Brady being a huge part of that, and and again, you mentioned the pedestrian stat line, and it it is extraordinarily pedestrian, um, considering what his. Stats would become towards, you know, the midpoint to the end of his career. But you got to remember, back in the day, the the Patriots were very smart in the way that they brought young Mr. Brady along and kind of gave him scenarios that he would be able to be very successful in and did not ask him to do too much. Yeah, you know, they would ask yeah. him, they they didn't they didn't really put him in a position of like, okay, you've got to carry the team all the time. Right. However, in this game, that final drive, they really did almost kind of be like, okay, Tom, you're the one who has to get us there. Yeah. We don't have anybody else who's good. You're not going to, Antoine Smith is not going to carry us this whole way. You know, we don't have anyone else who's going to do that. You're going to have to be the one to lead this drive. And if you remember in leading that drive, you had John Madden saying over and over that they ought to be playing for overtime, just taking in a knee and going into overtime. And I've, I've it's the most I think I've ever sworn at John Madden. In my life in a concentrated amount of time, because I couldn't i I'd, I'd been nervous drinking the entire time. So by that point I was all the filters were off. And um but the idea that it's that final drive is why he was the MVP. Because as a and again, and not that extraordinary of a drive. It's not like Montana's yeah. ninety-two yard, you know, drive in the Super Bowl. It was it was the situation in the context mm-hmm. going against the team. Cause the Rams defense was not a, ch- a chump either. Like their defense right. was pretty quick. Yep. They could, they could do some stuff like they weren't going to you know, hammer you, but they could, they could play and Brady managing to lead that drive as a second year player a first year starter and calmly leading that drive. Was a thing of beauty to watch because again, as a Patriots fan, you're you're used to the fact that like, okay, here comes the kick to the groin. Yep. Here it
1: comes. Here comes the interception. Here comes you know whatever.
0: Yep. And you just watched a quarterback just very calmly mm. move the ball down the field. And of course, yes, great performances. I think it was J.R. Redmond and uh, Jerome, Jerome Wiggins, uh, you know, making some runs after catch. But Brady just very calmly, just executing and getting them down to where Vinatieri could make that kick. At that point in his career, is a remarkable thing for a quarterback to be that calm in that situation mm-hmm. against that opponent. Crazy. And and if they played that game, if it was a best of seven or a best of five, Patriots do not win that series. Right. That was a one shot deal. That is where yeah. like the the one and done playoff playoff determination worked totally in their favor. Great game. Indeed. Absolutely. Great game. My, my top sport sporting moment of my life. Indeed. And I don't think it shall be replaced.
1: No. Cause a lot of the other wins, I mean, you know, do I remember where I was kind of, but it's not as burned into my brain as that one. Like that, mm-hmm. that one, I distinctly remember where, you know, where I was, what was, you know, like, like what the room looked like, what, Um, Just all the details that you don't typically remember with, with things um, just for whatever reason, is just burned in there. And especially, like I said, the phone call uh, and, and the, uh, the elation. Yes, we do elate and celebrate. Yes. So uh, that was, that was just, uh, it's just, it's just burned in, in, into the brain as just a, a very, very cool memory of uh, them winning for the first time.
0: Yeah. And I remember, I remember I got several calls after that because everyone knew and I, and I was with a room full of people that, you know, had all kind of shown up, I think to either celebrate with me or it was going to be a group therapy afterwards mm-hmm. because I was just that psycho of a fan at the time. And it was amazing. It was amazing to, 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 yep. to witness that.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, my uh number 2 and your number 1 mm-hmm. would be uh Super Bowl 51. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to just say for any Atlanta Falcons out fa- fans out there right now, trigger warning uh, because we are going to we are going to set the context here of ATL 28 NE 3. Mm-hmm. And if you know what that means, you know what comes next because yes. the final score ended up being Patriots 34 Falcons 28. Yes. This is the first Super Bowl in history to go into overtime. And uh, Atlanta was leading 28-3. to three, yep. uh, Midway through the third quarter, it didn't end that way. Brady, Super Bowl MVP, a virtuoso
1: performance. Yep. Yep. And, and the Atlanta defense was, was just, I think they didn't pace themselves the right way because they just seemed just dead at the end of the game. But they were well, yeah, extremely, extremely energetic attacking. in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, they were they were hitting them hard. They, they were you – know, there was a lot of celebrating going on when they would just make tackles and stop Brady and that sort of thing. And I really think in some ways it was – there wasn't enough gas in the tank to get all the way through. And the Patriots just started coming back, Brady, you know, leading them. Now, you know, not all those 34 points were him. There was a lot of rushing going on. Um, mm-hmm. in that game but, but his stats were were uh you know very impressive very close to the uh to the super bowl 52 performance where he went 43 of 62 466 yards two tds he did have one interception uh and he and he did have a rush for 15 yards so ooh, that's right so he the 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 gazelle was in full display so um <laughs> but uh but yeah went into overtime and uh and and basically it was that rushing touchdown which which uh put them over the edge and uh and and won them that game. I made this my number 1 because you know while while the first super bowl was clearly a, a very uh you know was was a milestone memory, you know, very very much burned into my brain like I talked about. This one to me was just like a a such a surprise and I mean it was just the first half was just so depressing and you're just like what is going Mm. on with this team what happened to them why does this have to always happen to us sort of thing it was just sort of oh woe is me and then yeah when you get to that that 212 mark in the in the third quarter and they start marching down the field and Brady's you know they're starting to connect and score and make things happen on offense and you're just like what the heck is going on? And you get into the fourth quarter and they keep doing it and they're scoring and they're getting closer and like, Oh my gosh, they might pull this off. They tie it up, goes into OT. And now you're just on like, you know, you're standing on the edge of the couch. Like, you know, just, oh, <laughs> so yeah. don't- nobody move, you know, yeah, <laughs> everybody's of- in their
0: lucky spot. <laughs> Nobody's getting up to pee. Like this, oh, this, we're in, we have gone to the mattresses Oh my and, gosh. uh, and I, I like to refer to this game as uh, today I have settled all family business oh, for Tom Brady. Like amen. if there was any doubt amen. about, you know, who he was as a player and, and and what his legacy would be, this is it right here. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, you 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 don't as a system quarterback, you don't come back twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl with a quarter and a half left.
1: Cool. That hand just don't Tom. happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now arguably, you know, you have the stat line here uh you know which is amazing to look at arguably Brady should not have been the Super Bowl MVP mm. James White mm-hmm. makes an excellent case as Super Bowl MVP uh, he was uh, six carries for 29 rushing yards which is not that impressive uh like Garrett Blunt oh, gosh uh was 11 for 31 yeah i just never mind we'll talk about Garrett some other time uh but had two rushing touchdowns and a two-point conversion, but it was really uh, fourteen receptions and one hundred and ten yards to the air, plus a receiving touchdown. He apparently, uh, I think he has he had three he had three total touchdowns mm-hmm. in this game, and was really kind of the spark plug and was the workhorse of the New England offense. Uh, Julian Edelman, of course, was was amazing as well, um, even though he was definitely concussed. Uh, another one of those things that we just don't the NFL doesn't like to talk about, but there was yeah. definitely a, a a blank spot in his memory from this game. And, uh, but yeah, just man, such a great game to watch such a great game. And was one of those things where it just, it just full on full display. Like the fact that just would not quit would not quit, which is pretty much the story of Tom Brady's career. Like it just would not quit until it's, it ain't done until Tom says it's done. And that's kind of the way he went out even in retirement was, I'm not done until I say I am. Yep. And damn. But yes, an excellent
1: choice. Kind of going back to Rocky two with, with Duke just like he just kept coming. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need that trouble in our life, baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It is. So, uh, now we have to talk about legacy and, uh, Mm. just a little bit because we're already running kind of late in this episode, but when has that ever stopped us? Of course. So, uh, do you feel that Tom Brady and this is kind of an unusual thing because it's not this isn't as uh as kind of straightforward as it used to be but it's still worth asking does going to another team at the end of his career diminish his legacy at all to you? Uh,
1: I don't really think so. Um I think I think there's two ways to look at it as 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 a pure Patriots fan you know, do I feel it diminished anything? You know, maybe it tarnishes it a little bit because you would have liked to have seen him end with the Patriots, end on a high note, you know, have that seventh Super Bowl with them and kind of ride off into the sunset. However, and, and you have to qualify this with Brady because this isn't anything Manning did or, or and this isn't a slam on them, but it's just, it's, it's a fact. You know, Brady throughout his career um, made a lot of sacrifices from a contractual standpoint uh mm, money wise yep. to allow the patriots to build the team around him uh and and you know and to build the defense as well to be contenders consistently and you know you know I don't want to sit here cuz i mean he's he's made millions of dollars and you know will continue to do so so he's not hurting for money and this isn't yeah. meant to complain in any way shape or form on his behalf but he, he, well, that he, and
0: Giselle has had quite a little nest egg of oh, her yeah. own before they got but
1: together. He, he made these choices for very unselfish and for team-related reasons, and those decisions paid off for him in the long run because it led to him building a legacy with the Patriots that he could then take to another team where he could earn the kind of money that he didn't typically earn, and he could be recognized you know, monetarily for the quarterback that he is, which is, you know, in fact, you know, he is the greatest of all times, you know, statistically and championship wise. Um, And so it doesn't bother me as much, you know, you, you said at the beginning of the segment, it's just, we saw the Patriots win more championships than they probably deserve to, or we ever thought we would see. And mm-hmm. how can I get upset about that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not really for, for me as a fan to get upset. We have, as we just talked through a lot of really, amazing memories of not just our team winning, but our team winning in a dramatic way. Um, and and it just being a very, um, just a fulfilling kind of ride to, to have a player of that caliber and of that consistency be with your organization for as long as he did and win as many titles as he did. And so I don't think it diminishes it. I think if anything, it enhances it. It shows he went to another team. Obviously they had pulled in the right, talent around him you know similar to what happened to patriots but he went there he it wasn't a foregone conclusion they were going to win and they they went on their run and they you know they they won last year and 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 now he has you know under his uh cap not only just winning with belichick but winning with another head coach so i think if anything it it increases his legacy It 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 maybe rounds it out really well because he was able to do this under two different coaches, under two different uh, coaching staffs, uh, and, and organizations, and uh, it just goes to continue, you know, that the the idea that he is this very consistent, very high level, high caliber kind of player who works very hard, brings it on the field, and you know, he he, the game is never in doubt, uh, or 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 it's never a foregone conclusion. You've won the game, as as Atlanta will tell you when you're facing Mm. Tom Brady. And so, uh, so no, I, I, I think it, I think he made the choice for him, you know, made the right choice for him as much as Boston fans may not like it. Um, but I don't think it diminishes it at all. I think it, 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 enhances it and it's, and it cements it.
0: I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, I really can't elaborate on it any better than you can. So I will agree. And yes, it's, it's disappointing, but not diminishing.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: So next question in terms of legacy, does going out on a playoff defeat diminish his legacy at all, do you think?
1: Uh, no, I I don't. I, I I think the whole idea of, you know, going and, and winning the Super Bowl and, and then retiring afterwards is, of course, the storybook ending. And, you know, you have some who have been able to pull that off. The timing worked out. Um, he certainly could have done it last year, you know, when they won um, and, you know, decided to make another run for it. I I don't think it does. I, I think the stats, the, the memories, the, the, the play um, have all cemented the kind of player he is and, and, and just the, the consistency and high caliber nature of what he does has, has never been in question across these seasons. Um, You know, it just wasn't their time this year. uh, And, and, you know, that, that is to be expected. I, I, I don't, I don't, and I'm not just saying this for Brady. I think for any player, I think, it is, he is so different in that it is never a foregone conclusion that you're going to go back to the Super Bowl after you've been there. And, and a lot of players, a lot of teams, and especially in the AFC have had to suffer that because the Patriots had gone so many times. Um, mm. And so, you know, it's one of those things that if you can make it to the big dance and you can win it, savor it. But, you know, un- unless the, the, you know everything is aligned for the timing to work out. It's just not something you can plan for, and and I and I don't think it diminishes his legacy in the least because he he's got the seven under his belt. He's got the MVPs. He's got the stats. He's got all the plays and and the memories. And I just think that that all of those things you know just stand on their own. And so uh, he he goes out the way you know a lot of guys go out, which is you 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 don't make it to the to, to the big game or you lose it, and it's just time to hang it up. So what about you? Mm.
0: I don't think so because it's such a rare thing. I mean, first of all, it this is. there's only one team that ends their season with a win. That's just the nature of the of the way things work. Like there's only one team that does not lose the last game of the season. Yep. And so you you have to put it in that in those parameters is and there's in fact there's only two quarterbacks who have ever managed to have that storybook ending. Mm-hmm. And that that would be John Elway and Peyton Manning. Yep. And arguably, you know, John Elway went out winning his last two Super Bowls even though, I mean, Terrell Davis, good lord, that that's the main, one of the main reasons why Elway was able to mm-hmm. finish out his career that way cuz Terrell Davis was a freaking monster in the NFL at that for, you know, for the brief period of time that he was at his apex was just unstoppable. It it was, it was, it was crazy watching him. Um, almost, I mean, not, it was kind of the precursor to like LaDainian Tomlinson, but in a totally different way, like Terrell Davis just knocked people over. Mm -hmm. LaDainian Tomlinson just beat you every which way you could possibly imagine. It was terrifying in his own way. Um, but you know, Elway arguably kind of went out, winning the Super Bowls, Peyton Manning was really along for the ride, you know, yeah. and that's not, that's not to try and diminish Peyton Manning. Cause I mean, there's already, you can look at the stats and look at that and you can judge it on your own. Manning did not do a whole lot except, you know, just hand the ball off, throw the couple of passes that he needed to. And that was about it. That was not a Peyton Manning win. That was a Denver Broncos win, but Hey, it worked out and he was cooked at that point. He was on fumes yeah. and Hey, it's great that he managed to do it. Um so I don't think so at all. It would have been nice, for him of course, and I think that the reason he came back is because he legit thought he had another chance to to win. I yeah. really do. I think he he yeah. ha- I think that if if he had won the Super Bowl this year, it would have been the same result. I think he would have retired. Yeah. But just didn't work out that way. So yeah. I don't think so at all. Um my next question though is here's is the, probably the most foolish question out of all of these. <laughs> is there any argument about who is the nFL goat
1: any uh no and there shall be uh no adjudication there shall be no uh debation or or any sort of uh, argumentation on this uh he he is he he is for all intents and purposes uh and forever shall be uh the goat until such time as someone uh well I guess that would break the whole forever and all time but um you know if if someone can somehow win that eighth Super Bowl or post the kind of stats he did um, I just don't see it happening it, it, we we got to witness and we got to have on our team a very unique player in in the same mold as Jordan in the same mold as as you know Gretzky and a lot of uh, others who have who have transcended you know their sport in terms of their skill and their ability to you know work through pressure situations and uh, I just don't see it. You know, I mean, it's going to be a very long time until we see someone who can do that again um, at the level that he did for as long as he did, um, and 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 it's it's not the norm. So, I feel very confident in uh, saying no.
0: And I would agree. Uh, there is no argument. He is the goat. There are seven Lombardi trophies with his with his name on them. Mm-hmm. I, I and and the fact that you talked about winning an eighth. I mean. Good God. You know, when we <laughs> talked about, you know, the greats, yep. you talk about Montana winning what? He won four, correct? Yeah. He won yeah won four Super won Bowls. Four. Terry Bradshaw won four Super Bowls. And those were like dynasties. Those were like, oh my gosh. And you talked about those, those franchises in not just those teams, but those franchises in, in hushed tones. Mm-hmm. This is a dude who won seven Super Bowls, six of them with one team. Yep. I, I thinking about someone trying to win eight is absurd to me, because you you have to get you have to get to eight.
1: I mean, that's just what I was going to say in the first place. How how yeah, like how I, I would love to see how many players, both active or even in the recent past, have been to ten Super Bowls. None. Like he, I, he has I think... a seven and three record. He has been to ten. He's lost three. He's won seven. I,
0: yeah. And there's people who want to talk about those three that he lost. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's that's cute. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. Uh so let me see. Uh Philly fans. Yeah. Okay. So you got your you got your one. Yeah. That's awesome. Good on you. But Tom Brady lost as many Super Bowls as your team has played in mm. in history. Yep. You know, again, like i've I've always said it. like all the people who are Patriots haters, they would have loved to have had a five year, six year span of what he did with the Patriots. he They would have loved to have had just a a, a third of his career, yeah for their team. Mm-hmm. They would have loved it to have their team be in competition for the for the championship every single year, to be winning the division every year, to be in the conversation of of winning that championship and perhaps winning a championship or two they would have lions fans would have sold their grandmother's right arm and leg Mm -hmm. along with whatever possessions they could cobble together to have two years of Brady's career. Yep. I mean, if you think about it, if you take the first two years of Tom Brady's career as a starter and you gave that to the lions, lions fans would be talking about that for the rest of the time. Yeah. A super bowl and like two seasons where the team just doesn't suck that they're above 500 that through the roof. Yep. I mean, gosh, I mean, just the fact, I mean, if you, if you told Cleveland Browns fans that they could have a span of time where they'd have one quarterback starting for their team and not having this like quarterback roulette, that's been going on since they've come back to the NFL, they'd be tickled pink. Forget about any, any freaking championships. Yep. Just the fact that they wouldn't have to deal with like the, the Kelly Holcomb's of the world. Right. And the the Tim Couches of the world, they would have been ecstatic. Uh, it's crazy. It is. Um, so it is. the next question, and and this kind of leads into what we had talked about with someone getting to the getting to those Super Bowls. Will anyone else get anywhere close
1: anytime soon? Um, I you know I, I've I already kind of mentioned this on the last question, but you know I I I don't think so. I mean I think. You can look at someone like Patrick Mahomes. Does he have a shot? Maybe, um, but that all depends on if the organization continues to build a a solid team around him, and mm. and that's the one thing that I've not seen any other franchise do, very consistently, um, other than the Patriots, which is to somehow put together teams that are competitive and can be, you know, making a case for the playoffs consistently. Yeah. but doing so without, you know, getting all superstars, you know, I mean all these teams that came together. Yeah. There, there were, you know, there were some high performers in there, no doubt, but Belichick was, was building teams that were very much, you know, players who were, you know, just not highly valued or, or thought to be, you know, kind of on the tail end of their career. And yet they get to the Patriots and they have this, like this, this, this renaissance or reinvigorate you know, reinvigoration being on the team. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that you know some of what led to Brady's status being what it is is also the organization that was around him um as well and and you know Tampa Bay clearly made the right moves and put the right pieces in place for him as well so um and and, and I just think that's rare and I just don't know that that there's going to be you know a player or a franchise that's going to have the longevity of of doing that
0: yes and I, that is the key. It's not necessarily down to the player. Because like we said, I mean, Patrick Mahomes plays 16 years and mm-hmm. averages 38 touchdowns a year. He ties Brady. Yep. And you got to figure if you're doing that well, you're going to have some opportunities. You know, in, in a statistical sense, you're going to have some opportunities at some championship teams throwing that many touchdowns. You're going to win a lot of games.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: However, it's it's finding a period of time and even then, I mean, if you, you'd have to say that he has to go to a Super Bowl like every other year. And, I mean, he's been to two now. Okay. He's yeah. won. He won. Yeah, he won one. But you, you, okay, seven more to go.
1: Right, right.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, so you you figure just in order to do that, like you said, you got to have the right owner. You got to have the right coach. Now, I'd say you might be able to make do with, you know, multiple coaches it might work. Yeah. Although, you know, we saw that with Indianapolis, you know, you, you had Tony Dungy there for a long time. Then you start getting into, you know, the Jim Caldwells and, you know, you, it doesn't quite work out as well, but you know, it was still successful.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The right ownership is the key. Just go ask a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yep. How about, how about, how much ownership means yep. when you've had The talent that that team has had over the past 20, 30 years, ever since Jimmy Johnson left, but you're saddled with an owner who still thinks that he is a hotshot GM when he clearly ain't and who won't shut up. Ask them, ask, ask again, not to pick on the Lions fans, but I mean, (laughs) it's right there. Go ask Lions fans how much ownership means. And, and the way that the Fords have run that team for into the ground for decades now, ever since like the 1950s, I think was the last time that the Lions were actually any any kind of success, you know, any kind of threat to become a championship team. So it it's you have to find that. And that's why it kind of the Mahomes to me is the interesting one, because the Chiefs have been a fairly stable franchise yep. for an awfully long time. Yeah. And I think that he is probably if he can stay healthy, which is always a threat with a dude who runs mm-hmm. you know I mean it's a threat for anyone I mean, you look at Brady Brady don't run and he's still got taken out for one season but still if you're running around out in the open field and you're you don't have the protections of you know the the, the passer in the pocket ugh, yeah starts getting dicey about how long you're actually going to physically be able to play right now hopefully he can do it but he's already had one gruesome injury I you know that kind of really messed him up I don't know but I mean, it's it's being it's having that ownership, being able to take care of a player and a team, and 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 put the right people in place over mm-hmm. that long a period of time. That is the key. And yeah. man, there's just damn few that can do it. That are yeah. going to be able to do it. So therefore, we bring this, we bring Brady Geddon to a close. Yeah, finally. Maybe. I mean, uh, who's to say that <laughs> come September, all of a sudden we won't hear? Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm back. Uh, <laughs>
1: i was gonna say maybe we bring this out one more time for the hall of fame edition or something
0: <laughs> yeah all it's gonna take is like tampa's quarterback to go down next year about october november for mm-hmm. whispers to come out like you know yeah tom's in still in really good shape he's still eating a lot of tofu he's,
1: <laughs> he's still
0: very pliable very pliable oh dear and, and if that happens, you know what? We're just going to all ignore it. We won't do another Brady. Oh, we can. We're going to do another Brady Geddon. But this is the finalist chapter of Brady Geddon. Thank you for the memories, Tom. Thank you for yes. uh, for the six championships. And to all the New England fans who absolutely freaked out when New England didn't get readily mentioned right up front in his like Instagram <laughs> announcement or whatever. Just again go go over in the corner with the star wars fans soak your head for an hour or so probably just the same calm ones
1: complaining down. about book with that too
0: yes it probably oh. the venn diagram is basically an overlapped circle yeah it's just yeah. a single
1: circle exactly <laughs> it's exactly. the same people yeah uh and another thing. so what have you got for and another thing this week sir so my end, another thing uh, is uh, a little different from from past ones, not a show, not a book, uh, but more an, an, an exercise program. Uh, I've been starting this up over the last few weeks because, quite frankly, I need to be doing something, uh, you know, to stay you know, somewhat in shape, uh, especially during this cold and frigid winter where sleet, snow, rain and apparently whatever's falling over in Maine uh, is, is kind of the the order of the day. Uh, so you're but, not putting
0: on like the rocky, like gray sweats with the towels stuck in the, in the, uh, in the collar, not quite. going out, do your road work.
1: No, no, no. Oh, that's so disappointing. I, I, would, I always I like to never be able that. to warm up given the, the extreme cold we are, we're experiencing here in the Chicagoland area. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so, um, several years back, I, I kind of got turned onto this, um, through wrestling, uh, but, but Diamond Dallas Page, who is a long since retired wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, uh, created a, uh, a yoga slash kind of exercise program called DDP yoga. And, uh, I started doing this, um, as a way to kind of lose some weight prior to some of the dietary things I've been doing. And I just decided to get back into it to just, uh, cause not only is it good for, the exercise part, but there's also, um, you know, just because it's yoga, it, it helps, you know, with your flexibility, pliability, um, and, and, you know, strength and that sort of thing. And so, uh, yeah, so I've been doing that, uh, over the last, uh, two, three weeks, just trying to kind of, uh, get myself into a little bit of a, a pattern, um, you know, to get some exercise and to, kind of build up, uh, some of the, the, the micro strength that I, I am lacking when it comes to things like doing planks and, uh, and, and some, some, what you would think to be simple exercises where, you know, I, I I'll go into the, the plank or the starting push-up position and all of a sudden start trembling like crazy. Cause I'm like, Oh, mm. uh, there are those micro muscles that have no strength in them right now. So, <laughs> yep. so just trying to, you know, build up, but just, uh, you know, overall, just, just find something for yourself that, uh you can do during this, this, this wonderful time of year we call January and February winter. And, uh, you know, uh, check it out if you haven't, uh, it's, it's, it's a nice combination of yoga with, uh, with some, uh, dynamic resistance style training. Uh, not, you know, it's not hard on the joints, not hard on the body. It's, it's just about engaging muscles and really just kind of doing your own resistance as you're doing exercises to kind of engage and, and, you know, kick your heart rate up. And so, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's been a lot of fun and, uh, and DDP works you hard. So, uh, do check it out? DDP Yoga.
0: <laughs> Isn't it crazy how, when you're doing like a plank and yes. for like the first 10, 15 seconds, you're like, Oh, I got this. It's yes. cake. Yep. And then it all hits you at once. Like, Oh, ah. I know <laughs> all those muscles. Like
1: we're good. We're good. No, we're it's, not. No, it's we're not. crazy. Yeah. And, and what's <laughs> kind of, what, what I found kind of interesting about it is that, um, is, is, is just that is, is just all these like little areas where, you know, you think you have strength and you begin to realize, well, you have strength for about five seconds and then everything starts to just fall apart. And, uh, and you know, this was something he developed, um, not only for himself, but, um, there's been several wrestlers like AJ styles, um, Chris Jericho. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of a couple others, maybe edge where, where they had back issues. And when they went and did this, it actually, um, You know, it's one of the reasons Jericho can still wrestle right now is because he he went through and did it and actually rehabilitated his back, um, which, you know, after 20 plus years of wrestling is probably not in in, in great shape. Oh, Shawn Michaels is another one. Um, Mm. So so a lot of wrestlers have actually adopted this because it has done a lot for for just the the wear and tear they've kind of gone through in the ring and has helped kind of rejuvenate their their backs and and just their pliability as well, um, you know, through through doing this. So. So, yeah, check it out if you're interested.
0: Very nice, very nice repping D d p
1: indeed, how about you, sir?
0: Well, so I had a kind of an odd night last night where i we we watched a little we watched The Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. uh, as a family for the first time ever, which nice. was a total parent fail that our daughter is now fourteen and has not ever seen <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. We realized we need to remedy that situation, yes, and it probably not the greatest thing to throw at a teenager because she was sort of like, meh. I was like, yeah, okay, fine. I, I get it. Like when you were, if you were six or seven watching this, it probably would have been a better time, yeah. but oh, well, we, 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 at least checked it off the list. That's so true. then everyone else goes to bed and I'm left to my own devices. And I didn't really know what I wanted to watch. And I ended up watching this movie uh, for probably the second or third time. And I don't know why, but it's kind of, it's a movie to me that is a bit of comfort food uh, for some reason. I probably just cause I'm a weirdo, but the movie in question is called American Splendor. And it is the uh, story of Harvey Picar, who is an underground comic writer, not an illustrator, uh, but it was a, a comic by the same name, American Splendor. From the streets of Cleveland comes American Splendor. And a uh, very interesting cat. Uh, he worked as a file clerk at the VA in Cleveland and was very into music, uh, comics. And he, would, he started writing his own comic that was basically autobiographical, his own life, everyday sort of like middle class, lower middle class life. And then different comic artists would illustrate it. Mm. And so he, the, the different issues would look different. Like he would be represented differently in, in all these issues because it would be different illustrators working on it. Oh, interesting. Um, and it is a Paul Giamatti movie. So Paul Giamatti of course, <laughs> is playing Harvey Picar and, but the, it's narrated by the real Harvey Picar. Mm. And there's a couple of segments where they'll show him, and there's one segment in particular that is great. They finish this close up on like a bag of jelly beans, and then they kind of cut to this this white space. Like it's just an all white room, and that's where they kind of have Harvey Picar doing his uh, narration, and they show him, they show him a couple of different times, and they finish this close up with Paul Giamatti, and he goes over and he walks over to these chairs and there's another actor who's playing this other ki- this other uh, guy um toby and they go and they sit on these like director's chairs over on the kind of the back corner of the screen of the the frame and in the front of the frame is the real toby and the real Her- harvey Picar, and they're talking and you can kind of tell that it's somewhat scripted but not really 100 percent scripted and you just see paul giamatti in the back just cracking up mm-hmm. watching these like the character the, the guy he's playing and this other person and just interacting and he you can just see him just with this smile on his face like oh my gosh this is my job really
1: that's fun
0: and uh so it's kind of it's it's a good movie it's it, it, you know it's not like a triumphant sort of thing or, yeah. or whatever but there's there's a lot of wry humor a lot of just goofy if you're into weird kind of movies like me it's 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 good fun to watch and uh i i highly recommend it like i said second or third time i've watched it and it's to me it's just it's just the right thing of when you're not looking for something that's like too like saccharine sweet mm-hmm. but you kind of want a little realism but you don't want like realism like and then it's a downer at the end where you're like oh life is horrible yeah. nothing everything is meaningless. To me, this is it was just about right. But then again, if you're not into weird movies, don't know if you're going to dig it. So nice. But American Splendor. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. I just almost broke my knuckle on my desk.
1: <laughs> Ow! Oh, you OK over gosh. there?
0: Jeez, Patrick, I think I'm good. Patrick, can need an ice pack? Oh, boy. No, no, it's in the, in the freezer. That Just give me some ice that I keep in there for the bourbon.
1: You throwing up the, the ice for an injury there or something?
0: What'd you use all the ice for? You were tr- uh, you are trying to make your own ice cream using ice, milk, and yogurt. You're making f- yeah. How have you lived this long? Never mind. Don't answer. Anyways, sorry. So American Splendor. Don't break your knuckle and anyways folks thank you very much for listening we now must bid adieu to all the members of the free range Idiocy congregation parting is such sweet sorrow unless of course like i've said before you're trapped in a car with somebody who's been forcing you to listen to this in which case you are very thankful that this is coming to an end but thank you for tuning in for subscribing we do certainly appreciate all of you listeners out there all the members of the congregation tuning in and being with us reading from the holy scriptures of idiocy uh, if you have not subscribed, well, what the hell is wrong with you? Go to com. You can find all of our episodes there and subscribe through Podbean. If you'd like, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, many others. Go ahead and search for us. Ask for us by name, if you will. If you'd like to up your game into the Free Range idiocy congregation, perhaps to a minor deacon level, you can you can go ahead and like us on the social medias. Follow us even. We're on uh, the Facebook. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. If you have any questions, thoughts, complaints, any suggestions for shows, especially if you have complaints, though, send those to Tim at com, and he'll we'll get back to you shortly. Uh, I guess. I don't know. He, he might just throw him out, but I doubt it because, again, he is the caring human being and I'm just the curmudgeon. So that's the way respond. it goes. See right there, you have a guarantee from the man they called him. Indeed. He is much like Santa Claus. He reads all of your letters Even if you've been bad. Well, especially if you've been bad, because those are the fun ones. Anyways, uh, now it's time for me to stop talking and to hand this over to the man they call Tim, but not before I ask the second most important question ever asked in the history of humankind. The first, of course, being what is hip. The second of all being, what the hell did we learn this episode?
1: Uh, We've learned the following, my friend.
0: Mm, good. Uh,
1: we have uh, learned that uh, High recommendation for uh, Aaron Douglas If you're in the market for a cameo He is uh, fantastic And uh, once again I want to thank him for What he uh, put forth for Uncle Todd On his birthday uh, So do, Thank you Chief do, do check that out And, and uh, like I said do highly recommend it uh, We have learned uh, Uncle Todd He was able to go 5 for 5 in the Red 5 trivia So well done sir mm, And yeah, thanks. Uh, look forward to more stellar performances In the weeks to come as we that talked, somebody's <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, as we talked about Book of Boba Fett, Chapter Seven is uh, is going to be a an amazing payoff, I believe, to a very slow building, slow simmering story that has been just just fun to take in and watch. And, I'm excited to see what other uh, surprises they have in store for us, potential other characters they could bring in to just kind of round this thing out and, and make it a solid finale to this uh, to this series, but do check that out. And then, finally, not that we have learned as much as we have reflected on uh, and, and appreciated uh, the, the career and legacy of uh, Tom Brady, and especially for these two knuckleheads here on this podcast and, and how a lot of uh those super bowl victories and matchups were you know led to the multi-hour phone calls afterwards which then begat uh this this fine podcast uh so it's been fun to kind so of so
0: if you if you are one of those people who hates this podcast just blame tom brady
1: <laughs> one more reason it's right all <laughs> his fault.
0: it's all his fault the tuck rule your team uh... getting there tails kicked in every year it's all tom brady to and you the know what that
1: isn't going the way you want it to
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's tom brady too that's tom brady too. he's being consulted on every script it's all tom brady indeed. and you know what i'm sorry but i can't hear you over my soup bowl rings.
1: indeed so we again uh close the door for we believe to be the final time on this sort of uh, discussion on on his career on his legacy and uh and uh, we, we look forward to seeing where the NFL goes next and who, who are going to be the ones that follow in, in the wake of uh, such an interesting year. With all that being said, uh, as we like to close things, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, you know, it's uh, got to save some shekels for, for Valentine's Day. So please hit the lights on the way out. What the hell was that? It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking.
0: I beg your pardon. What did you say? You've struck a nerve, have I? Which I find rather impossible to believe! You think this is over? This is not over! You have not had the last! No more Mr. Nightguy.
1: You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out! And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all! So say we all! Wait, wait a minute, who put you in charge?
0: Well, that's a good question. The answer is no one. But this is a government ship, and I am the senior government official, so that puts me in charge. John! I swear. Patriots took five years off my life, Patrick trying to make it ten. <laughs>
1: Now get the hell out of here!